Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts, and you can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. I'm actually here this week with Jay Pinions himself, Jared. And uh, and Chris is absent. It is actually his uh, his and Dee's anniversary, so they're out. You know. Oh, is that where they're doing? Out? Doing. I, I uh, didn't know where they were. Yeah, doing de- like date night that sort of thing, or you know whatever. Who knows what they're doing? I mean, I just get a call. I, ca- I come running. That's right. And uh, specifically this week, I wanted to talk to you about the Mandalorian. So we're going to be reviewing all of Mandalorian season one. Season one. Anybody ever watch this show, The Mandalorian? <laughs> Have you heard of it? Maybe you. So you and Chris like reviewed the first episode like back, back in That's right. whenever it started. Dude. I'm glad to be back to uh, to to revisit. You know, uh... it's funny. We're gonna have to wait like another like year or whatever. Like it's fall 2020, so we're gonna have to wait like nine sure. months, ten months or so before we have more. But I do feel like the, definitively there is a there is a pre the Mandalorian and a post the Mandalorian kind of world. Like we live in a post Mandalorian world. Like where, I mean. Spoilers for for the first episode of Mandalorian, but you know everybody knows Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it's more. I was Baby say, Yoda yeah. exists. I don't know if I could say it. yeah. It's more of a we live in a pre and a post Baby Baby Yoda world. That's right. Uh, Baby That's right. Yoda has united uh, the world. <laughs> the galaxy has made people that have been sad for decades happy. <laughs> Made people that have been happy their whole life um, even more elated than they yeah. could even imagine. You know, and then at the same time, like every week, like depending on what happens in, in you know those episodes, you know, it's like you get nervous, you get sad, you know, you, you, yep. you then you get happy again, you know, at the end. So think of all the people that are now making Baby Yoda merchandise right. and all the business opportunities that have been created if, because of Baby Yoda. I will like sit here and give props to to Disney for not. I've, I've been preaching this over man. merchandising Baby thing. Yoda like before. Beforehand. Not at all. Because like, but yeah, they didn't have anything. They have, like, they still don't. There's still like almost no yeah. like official like. Uh, I guess they would probably License. call it the child. Yeah. Mer- merchandise. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's gonna be like a Funko Pop. Like that was the first thing I saw was like Funko was like, okay, we're doing a Baby Yoda thing. But that was like two weeks later after the episode, came, and like they, it clearly was not in a, any production line at all because it's not gonna come out until April, May. That's what I'm like just, <laughs> and when I touched on this, even when Chris and I did the the spoiler review of that first episode, was just like how I, I honestly can't think of another time in my life that mm-hmm. I have had that much genuine shock or surprise watching something yeah, and to, to have all of that be kept entirely under wraps. Like I didn't even, even until I don't even like a couple of months before the Mandalorian come out, did I start hearing like, Oh, there's, there's something, there's something here. There's yeah. Something about the show yeah. that you maybe don't know. That's, that's gonna, you that's know, gonna, su- it's gonna surprise. And people. it's like, gonna, I, I like, I feel like the, uh, but I had no clue when, what, where, how, right. why, like just, it was whenever they started doing like press screenings right. for the first few episodes or whatever, and they were like heavily redacted. Mm-hmm. Like people were like coming out of them being like, "Well, it was that was something." I could like, right. it was just scenes, you know, and it was basically every scene in the first three episodes without Baby Yoda in it. Yeah, and yeah, it's like they had no I heard, idea. I heard it was like a thirty-three minute cut of like all scenes from the first three episodes. Yeah, yeah. and it's like that would be such a weird because like it's such a uh, a key thing in especially episode two and three that mm-hmm. like how do you even show almost anything with those episodes? Like you could, 
It was probably mostly the pilot. Yeah. With like a couple other scenes. True. True. It was a, probably mostly the pilot pre that that uh, that reveal. Yeah, but yeah, I, I was very impressed by the by the Baby Yoda thing. How it was under wraps. Again, they didn't. They weren't like because they could have. You know, if they had like merchandised this thing, they would have sold so many already. That's what I'm saying. The money like that the they money sacrificed for the for the purity of uh, the show and the joy yeah. of the fans. Um, it, it it gives me hope uh, going forward. Yeah, major props. Um, but yeah, that's you know we're gonna review all that later on. We'll have a spoiler free kind of talk about it beforehand, kind of overview. But at this point, like if you haven't seen you know the Mandalorian, you should watch the Mandalorian. So, um, but then we'll dive into the spoilers, favorite episodes, uh, favorite moments, that type of thing. Um, but first, Jared, what have you been up to since the last time you've been on the podcast? What have we been up to? Wait, is this uh, is this the pick of the week? Is this so? Just what have I been up to? Uh, uh, we'll just do what you've been up to, but you can put the pick of the week in there because we got a, we got a little bit of news later. We'll slide it. Slide in it. In fact, hang on. We'll just go ahead and do the pick of the week. Pick of the week. Uh, my pick of the week is very uh, brief, so I'll actually yeah. start with the pick of the week, and I then I'll, I'll taper off into some other things I've been up to. I dig it. Uh, my pick of the week is, uh, I guess it's been out for a little bit now, and I don't have a PlayStation 4, but I decided to buy Fallen Order, yes, uh, Jedi okay. Fallen Order, uh, just so I could take it to my brother Jason's house, who yeah. has a PlayStation, and then we can kind of play it uh, together. <laughs> I love, I love um, you're like, I'm buying this game, but it's basically going to live at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally one of those situ- situations. And, uh, and I didn't, lie, I did and that uh, I took it over to his house, might have been last night. Yeah. I, uh, and, uh, but I barely, we barely played it, uh, because we got into, uh, playing a board game and ended up probably playing, like, I don't know, the first. Five ten minutes maximum. Nice uh, of it. Nice. Have, have you played it? I would imagine. I have you not have. played it. Um, not played it at all. I. I. It, it is one of those that it's like that's the next thing on my list where I'm like I. I need to play this game. Okay. So yeah, I haven't really haven't really like played it at all. But it's been like it's been getting like super good reviews. Like it's supposedly like a really good Star Wars game, which which. We haven't had in a long time. No, no, no. L- lack of Star Wars games over the last 15, 20 years, uh, for sure. Well, I guess more like just 10, 15 yeah, years. Yeah, t- 10 you know, years re- or so. Really like last of, decade. Right. Definitely. EA, like, so EA got the exclusive license to uh, to publish uh, Star Wars games whenever, like, Disney uh, bought Star Wars, mm-hmm. bought Lucasfilm. And, uh, and so since then, we've only had, like, three, like, two Battlefront games. Which one of those was exclusively multiplayer, so no like story. A lot or anything of like a lot that. of mixed yeah, on the battlefront. And then uh, and then the second one had a campaign. It was a it, like reasonably well received campaign, but it had a ton of like problems as far as the multiplayer goes and like the metric microtransactions and loot boxes and you have to buy Han Solo or something like that, pay an additional like ten bucks for Han Solo. Or so. Anyway, it had all sorts of problems at launch, and then the now we have this one. Like that's basically it yep. um, at this point. And so this one being a good one is like ah, that's awesome. I'm very in for this. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember it being announced even you know a couple of years ago or you know whatever they started uh, kind of development on it, and uh, it's it's cool to see it come out and get a lot of uh, genuine you know good praise, yeah. a lot of good reviews. I've watched a ton about it. Uh, I don't really care too much about the spoilers of the of the game, so For I've sure. kind of watched some cutscenes and gameplay footage and. I'm really uh, excited about this specific like uh, era of Star Wars yeah. having more content to it because like. In this this time frame, you have all sorts of uh, of 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 stories like you know with, with rebels. Like we have the you know rebels is a very similar thing with like with what happened with Kanan, where it's like oh this is a Jedi got away from Order Order sixty six, and it, so like that 
time frame and like you have all these inquisitors who are hunting down force sensitive mm-hmm. people and Jedi and like that's a that's a very intriguing era of Star Wars to me. So very ripe for lots of cool stories. So yeah, a lot of a lot of cool stories. I have heard a lot, a lot about the cutscenes and the story is uh, is very good. And then you know I just kind of barely got into the gameplay of it. You know maybe just like five minutes. Didn't even uh, get a lightsaber. <laughs> Didn't get that. I, didn't, didn't ignite that. No, nope, see what nope, the feeling it was. Pretty was. much just run, jump, climb type type thing. But even that, I was uh, I was kind of sold on. You know, I, I, it's a third person game. I'm a big third person fan. Yeah. Uh, and very kind of, and it's been compared to Uncharted a lot, which yeah. I, which I liked a lot. And and from what I see right now is pretty valid, but in a in a good Makes way. Sense. Uh, I like anything done in you know with a with a Star Wars flair to it. So I mean you know bring 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 it on. I think you said on this podcast before that like almost any story that could be told, if you could tell it within the Star Wars universe, yeah, why sure. wouldn't you? Why not? You know, <laughs> why not? Man, a galaxy far, far away. It's a cool place to be. <laughs> it is a very cool place to be. Um, well, that's awesome. That's that's an awesome pick of the week. I dig it. Uh, what else have you been up to over the course? Of the last, I guess, month or so, like since you've been on the show. Yeah, we've kind of been in just like ho- holiday mode. I mean, right. you know, there's always the usual uh, work, but then there's been uh, the travel, you know, that sort of thing. Right. A uh, couple of highlights. We, we did a surprise birthday party for my brother, or yeah? his wife kind of threw it a lot. My brother Joel. That's awesome. She's been telling us about it for like eight months or like a like a long time. Like, been, like I mean, honestly though, your family is large enough where right. you kind of have to plan right. it that she far was, in advance. She was really, and still didn't get everybody. You yeah, know, it's like uh, she, she gave like a month for every every like you know sibling or something like that. Sure, so. <laughs> sure. But uh, and I was kind of worried about how it would go. Uh, you know, if it would be pulled off. Joel's kind of a nonchalant, hard to read guy sometimes. But man, I really think we got him. Yeah, I mean, you think like, he's super, uh, super surprised? Like genuine surprise, genuine reaction. And then it was in a big gym, and there was probably 30 people there or more nice. or something. And uh, he kind of like had the initial, like, oh, there's, there's people yelling surprise at me. Yeah, yeah. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. But then he kind of started going around the room and kind of had like, a realization per like kind of group of people that were there. So we saw like some You're friends. Like, what from, are you doing? Right, here? some friends from college. And what was are like, you doing Whoa. here? <laughs> and then he saw like me and Jason, uh, some of his brothers, and was like, "Oh my, my family's here!" Like, "Whoa, man!" I mean, he was like really kind of pumped. And That's I was awesome. like, "Wow, this is this is really cool." I love it. That's uh, that reminds me of the time like that uh, that we surprised Chris like for his right. like thirtieth or whatever. Like, and and literally to this day. He is his. He was like he loved it, and it was a super exciting. It was a great night, but it wasn't the night that he expected. Like he expected to like go back to his house and play video games with 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 me and Cody Moffat, <laughs> and uh, and so like to this day he's like yeah he's like we never played those video games. We never. You know he's like he's like oh I love what I had, but I you know we still haven't done the other thing. I so was, I feel like we was really into that night that I had planned. <laughs> <laughs> he was like I was super ramped up to do that. Um, like we even made like the excuse like I had to run back to my house to like to delay more like to get a video game or a controller or something like mm. I was like oh no I forgot my controller we've got to swing by my house like to just to delay and like so we wouldn't get there super early or whatever right. so but yeah to this day it's kind of like you know he's like man I, what about those video games guys alternate realities that's right um this over this time period for me it has been because it's been a lot of travel and that sort of thing. It has been hard to like put in a ton of time on things other than like oh I'm I'm like watching some some uh, like catching up on like some rebels or like whatever like th- things like with the Mandalore Mandalorian like since that's ended yep. since I watched that like this week I've watched 
a lot of key episodes, which we'll talk about whenever we get into like the uh, the spoilers um, for Mandalorian or whatever, like why I picked these episodes. But I specifically picked episodes that were like Mandalore focused, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've just been kind of like brushing up on all of that, which I could have and maybe should have done before the show came out. I like, should have assumed like, oh, this is probably gonna you know some of the stuff like might be uh, somewhat relevant, like to the culture, or, like whatever of 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 Mandalorians, but. Um, it is very fun to like revisit and like look back and be like, oh, that's that thing, yeah. or like that connects here, or like whatever. And then there's certain things where you're just like, I have no idea how this connects. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and, and uh, so I've been doing that a lot, um, playing a lot of Switch because of the travel, playing a lot of the uh, the on the go kind of things. Um, my pick of the week this week is a game that I think that 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 you would uh, you'd probably be interested in. It's called The Return of the Obra Dinn. Of the Oberdin. Oberdin. And on so, the Switch? So on Switch, yeah. Downloadable game? Downloadable game, 20 bucks or whatever. Uh, okay. And, and this was a game that came out on PC like last year, but it just came out on Switch like uh, a few months ago. And it is a game where you are a kind of paranormal uh, insurance adjuster. Nice. And a an old uh, ship washes up onto the shore like it's uh, it's called the Oberdin so mm-hmm. the Oberdin returns yep and uh and it has been gone for like a hundred years and so like it's from 1814 or whatever and uh and so you are like you are this uh, insurance gesture you get sent onto on board with a book and a kind of mystical compass and the yep. mystical compass allows you to whenever there's like uh, uh, the remains of someone or like a dead body or like whatever, like anything like a creature, person, whatever, you can like click a button and then see the final moment of their death. Oh, like wow. see the, the actual, oh, if somebody got shot or whatever, you see the bullet like going through them and the person like shooting mm-hmm. it and like you can walk around this scene in like 3D on the ship and uh and additionally, you hear like the dialogue and like what's happening around like this person before, like for a few seconds before their death, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you piece together what happens to all sixty of the people on this ship through the various like deaths, and it's like oh this this person like escaped or this person like got away or this person died by this or and so it gets gets pretty crazy immediately. Like you know, th- I think about the uh, the there was like a mutiny at one point on this cruise. And it's like, you have to figure out within the book, the confines of this book that you're filling out. There are different chapters with chapter titles and you kind of have to figure out like, where does something take place? Like, it's like, Oh, this is the end. I just saw like the end of this, this chapter. And then it kind of work. You can work your way backwards and piece together. Like what person is, is you know, the different names. Cause that's the biggest, the, the biggest thing is like you identify on this picture of the crew, what like this person's name is and how like where did they end up at the end like how did they die or how did they like survive or like where are they and uh and you go through the entire book uh and i figured it out did and it's, wow. it's a wild story but uh but yeah it gets it gets pretty intense like immediately like, there's uh like i said the mutiny and then like literally the next thing it's like there's like a beast with tentacles you know and you're just like what on earth is this a, a realistic looking game or very cartoon or top down or the art style is like an old like dot point PC game. And so like it, it, it looks 
like somewhat realistic um, in the art style where it's like, oh, I, you know, it's not like cartoonish, but it's also not like completely like it's it's not in color. Like it's in black and white, basically. Um, Interesting. It's a really like weird one. Like, you can, and you can actually change the uh, the different screen that you would do it on. Like, so it's like, oh, this is an IBM specific like IBM computer. Like yeah. IBM, uh, I think it's like eleven forty four or something like that is the 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 more like really popular one. Or the Mac Macintosh screen, or just a standard like black and white LCD screen, yeah. which is what I did it on. Um, but it is like super uh, super fun to like walk around and be like, okay, well tonight I'm gonna sit down and figure out what happened to three people. Yep. And so you like you, you just kind of like go okay well let me like do, like visit this memory and like figure out what happened to this person and like work your way backwards from there through for and so I I beat it over the course of like a week ish yeah and uh, and it it was a blast man it was a it was a really fun one because like sometimes like bi- like big events happen and you're like man a lot of people died in that event <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then like there's sometimes where you're like. Well, just like one person or like one, you know, cause like, yeah. again, like you're tracking the deaths and then like there are disappearances at the end of every chapter and you're like, man, a bunch of people just disappeared. Like, I, I don't know for sure what happens to them. And so you just kind of like have to guess and it only tells you that you're right in pairs, like sets of three. So like if you guess about like, okay, this is the person's name and what happened to them four times. And then it gives you like a, uh, like three, you know, that you got the one wrong. Like there was right. one, that, oh, one in there that you got wrong there. So, um, cause if you're like, I know for sure about these two people, then you can kind of guess on the third and then hope it like, you know, triggers the, uh, well done. You got three more fates correct, you know, or whatever. So kind of a little bit of some clue elements, you know, in, in there for sure. For sure. And so like, I'm usually not a puzzle person. Um, but this type of game, like this type of puzzle game where you're like, oh, what, what happened here mm-hmm. is, uh, is like my jam, dude. I love, love that like environmental storytelling and, uh, and that sort of thing. So, well, that's the pick of the week. So we have some news. The news, the first day of the year dropped a trailer and it was. The uh, A Quiet Place 2 trailer. <laughs> we, we, we can whisper in this one. Literally, you know? yeah. We can literally whisper through this segment. Um, but yeah, like this, uh, the trailer kind of took me by surprise a little bit because I was like not expecting it this soon, I guess. But like it's, it's only, I mean, it's been out for t- two years now, three years now, Quiet Place. As far as like you didn't think that they would like have another movie made by yeah, now because like the movie's did, coming out pretty soon. Yeah, it's I, coming I, out in like March. I guess or it just snuck up on me then because right. it's like you know it's like it's not one that I it, they announced that hey we're doing a, a sequel to it yeah. like right away like right after like it was super successful or whatever and uh, they were like we're doing a second one. Um, and so I guess I just, it stuck up on me cause I just forgot about it from then. So. I, I wish this would happen to more movies, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, or, you know, you just forget about them and then just like, boom, like a trailer drops and then it's coming out like next Tuesday and you're <laughs> like, awesome, man. Like this is, this is, so this you're is saying great. you want more Cloverfield paradoxes. Oh man. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh really? <laughs> did you like Cloverfield paradox? <laughs> Here's the deal. I did actually uh, enjoy Cloverfield paradox is what I, is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, Me too. Uh, and, and I was actually one of the ones that I watched it like that night, like somehow. Like immediately? I, yeah, I, I think so. Like just, and I didn't even watch, I didn't even watch uh, the Super Bowl. Isn't that what it was? It, it, <laughs> That's, yeah, it was like, it was announced at the Super Bowl, like whenever the Super Bowl, Bowl is over. Yeah, I think I just like uh, online or yeah. so, you know, for, through whatever source I found like, I, apparently they're releasing some Cloverfield There's movie Clo- on Netflix tonight. 
It's and, amazing. Uh, uh, I, I'm a big just science fiction fan in general, and I was like, yeah, yeah. sure, click click on it or whatever. Dude, and I think that's what like my enjoyment of that movie. Like, so many people didn't enjoy that movie, and like, it's like I, I, I can enjoy some really bad sci-fi. I feel yeah. like you know, and that was not like bad sci-fi to me. Like it was like this is okay. This is good I think sci-fi. People's, like biggest problem is it was definitely a, a shoehorned paradox. Uh, oh yeah. uh, Cloverfield movie. Oh yeah. Like you know, it had no association with that whatsoever. Or, yeah. And then just like slapped on the edge. You know, it was just like a people being trapped on a ship. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like movie. an alternate alternate reality kind of movie. You know, yeah. it's like oh, this is just a sci-fi like a Twilight Zone kind of a uh, sure. kind of an episode. You know. Yeah. And so like I you know I've uh, uh, I've learned to just be able to just I can just enjoy things on face value sometimes you know es- especially things that I don't uh, you know like have as much just like pre attachment to it's just like what did, did I consider it a waste of an hour and a half of my time on a Friday night or something true, no like true. I thought I thought it, thought it was fun you know I uh, I really enjoyed the music in that movie um, and it was done by Barry McCreary who is like one mm-hmm. of my one of my favorite like uh, he's uh, like God of War the video game like he did uh, Battlestar Galactica he does uh, what's the pirate show that's on HBO or whatever um, Black, Black Sails, Sails. that's there the one he does go, that one it. so like lots of really good like music and that the soundtrack in uh, Cloverfield Paradox super fun. Did he do the music to uh, A Quiet Place too? I do not think that he did. <laughs> like, th- that's the other thing. Like, this trailer, like, it's a very loud trailer for uh, for being A Quiet Place. For being a, a movie called A Quiet Place and a movie where it's really about being quiet. Yeah. And a movie that was pretty quiet. Yeah. There was a pretty loud trailer. Like, legitimately in the theater, whenever we saw this thing, like, there were moments where you're just like, you could just hear people breathing, like, in the room around you. <laughs> And you're like, this adds to the tension. Like, this is just like no one wants to like be the person making the noise. Like, so you're like trying to like not breathe, like you know. And you're like, ah. but um, I will say the opening of this trailer was super fun. Um, where they're driving in the car, like I mm-hmm. enjoyed that part of it probably more than the the rest of it. Like the rest of it, I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of standard uh, apocalypse kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like where you're like, Oh, you know, there's, there's the threat of not only the, the, the thing that caused the apocalypse, but also the people that survived, you know? And that's, and that's a very real thing in like this, these types of movies, like apocalyptic kind of movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, it's going to be there, but that opening sequence of in the car, like it's, it's claustrophobic because you're in a car and it's like a yeah. single shot, which reminds me a lot of like uh, children of men. Like there's like that whole sequence in, in children of men where it's like the camera's going in and out of the windows and stuff. Um, but then, you know, it's just, it's just a really good trailer. Like in that, in that portion, then it gets into the weird stuff. So I don't know. What do you think about like going back in time and like having the flashback back to like before everything happened, like day one, I guess is what they call it. And then jumping forward to like the current thing. Uh, well, I think it's a way to have John Krasinski in the movie. That's true. Uh, first and foremost. That's and especially when the point. writer and director is John Krasinski. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely a way to write that in there. Yeah. Uh, not that I think it's bad. Uh, I, I also really like that, really like that sequence, but I yeah. think that absolutely we'll see a little bit of John Krasinski uh, in the movie, which is always great. And uh, I, I, I just love that this movie exists through him yeah. in general. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. like when anybody in Hollywood kind of like stretches their creative arms a little bit and kind yeah. of just like does something a little bit more, than people expect them to. For sure. And A Quiet Place was definitely one of those, you know, kind of a paranormal activity style. Like, I just made a movie that I liked for a couple of bucks. And what do you know? It made, I think I looked it up. It made, made like three or $400 million. Oh, dude, so much. On like a 
thirty million dollar budget or something like that. Like very, I mean, very, very little. Even just the cast was so small in the first one. Yeah. where you're just like, man, this is this is not. And even like, uh, so the reason that like the, that he made it that it was Emily Blunt, like uh, his wife, like brought him the script and was like, hey. I would love to do this movie. And he was like, okay, let's do this movie. And like, they both kind of like got on yeah. board and like found funding, like figured out a way to like make it happen. And I love that aspect yeah. of it too, where you're just like, this is just people being like, this is a cool story. Let's make it, right. make it a reality. Right. I um, you know. Uh, I, I think that's why I end up kind of liking smaller movies better. It, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily because they're smaller, but it's because that they're often made and created from a place that is like that, or there's more opportunity to be made from a place like that. That's just like, this is just what I really want to do. And I think it's so cool. Yeah. And I'm kind of doing it myself. So like, it's just kind of, I kind of have a lot of creative freedom to like do whatever I want to do with it. Yeah. And I'm just going to build, build it. And then you have a bunch of success, and obviously, you make a sequel when that happens, and I, which I'm <laughs> not, to. which I'm not opposed to no. either. Like some people always hate on making a sequel, and look, I, I think almost any movie stands a chance that it could be good. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movies that are very bad, and, and a lot of sequels that are very bad. It's true, but I don't think that that means that it can't be good. Yeah, it can be good. Yeah, and I love. I, and I love good sequels. You know, I, right. I, I love world building. I love expanding upon something that you already love. And so, like, if you love the first one, why wouldn't you want them to, to at least take a crack at like making it a little bit cooler? And so, yeah. And right. Obviously, you have to ask the real questions, and you have to kind of expand the world in a in a realistic way. And there's probably other people alive that they yeah. have to deal with. And those yep. people, you know, it it, it it Walking Dead is like a good comparison to like yeah. that kind of thing where it's just like, look, you know, the world still exists. You still have to go on. If you walk down the road far enough, you're probably gonna meet somebody that has a similar story to you. Yep. And, and maybe they're not as nice. You and know? maybe they're not as nice or <laughs> or the very least have different priorities you know and it's right. like this is all like it's very very uh, realistic kind of you know oh, i could i I can I can envision that happening, that world happening. Um, the thing about like this one, like it seems like because they're going like more broad with it, um, where it's like oh, there's more characters. There's like you you see the the monsters even more than mm-hmm. than the, in the first one. And obviously, like you would you would assume that the budget is bigger on this one as well. Oh, I'm sure it's you um, know, double double or triple you know the uh, the amount. And so like that like that always runs the risk of like um, if. Like seeing the 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 monsters or whatever, like that runs the risk of like having oh it just looks cheap or it's like uh, seeing it like in signs mm-hmm. for instance that movie was like super super scary up until you see like the uh, the the alien and it was just tense or whatever but it's also you're kind of like this is weird like the CG doesn't look that super awesome maybe like, for you man I was terrified okay <laughs> like <laughs> I mean I get your point but like yeah because yeah, yeah. I'm ridiculous but like I was and I was 12 but like I was terrified <laughs> didn't sleep a wink that night sat in the chair in my room and stayed awake the entire night. But see, the thing also is, like, <laughs> I I have similar experiences where it's like I didn't sleep well based on like you know movies or whatever, like, yeah. you know. Which but is- like certain times, like the movie doesn't necessarily require me to just not sleep, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not like The Ring or something like that. The Ring is terrifying because like you watch the tape, you know, <laughs> within the movie of the of the movie, you watch the thing. You saw the thing. You, get you were supposed to see. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, but like other ones, you know, like, like signs or whatever, it's like, well, it, there's no way, like, there's not a, there's not an alien invasion that's intimate right now. Like and maybe right. tomorrow, like then I can be terrified. But like right now, the, the, the situation isn't the same as was in the movie. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, but, but I, you still get freaked out. And, like, you definitely, <laughs> and you definitely lose the allure. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I get the, you know, the first one you, and I liked that they showed the monsters. I, I really Agreed. did because I don't like movies that they just never show it. That yeah. It's just like only be living on the tension of it, possibly being around the corner. Like, right. I like a reveal at some point. Yeah. Um, and now that they have revealed it, you know, they're kind of steering into the skid a little bit more. And but, it's like, and I appreciated like, especially in that opening sequence, you only see like the arm or like mm-hmm. you see like, you know, you kind of like, it still is on, on the fringe of like, of your site or on the frame or like what, so it still like has that tension. It's not just like where you just show it, you know, or whatever. Um, I do think like in so many ways, like in order to make the alien in aliens, the sequel to alien in order to make those alien, like that alien scary again, they essentially had to like make a ton of them, you know? And it's right. and so like, that's like, that's the, the, the route they took. And that's a fantastic movie and a fantastic like sequel to a movie, but it's still like, it's just a different tactic altogether, you know? And so I wonder if that's, potentially something that they'll try out here is like just a different tactic of making them scary or a different tactic of making them uh, a threat. Right. I think you definitely got to think, you know, it, along those lines and think, you know, outside the box in some way to what are you going to bring? That's going to be fresh and new and, and scary. You know, obviously this movie will be, uh, you know, it's seemingly like a little bit kind of louder in a world where you're not supposed to be uh, loud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, that will be an interesting dynamic to play off of alone. You know, it, it seems like they may just end up getting into more hairy situations. You know, they True. kind of avoided everything up until kind of the very end for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, you may see things kind of go more off the rails and have to just come face to face. Yeah. But also, trailers are always trailers. They, they you know, and, and I and I like trailers, uh, but they they don't often no. represent what the movie is yeah. actually going to look like. So, you know, for, we could have just seen all the monsters in the whole movie for all we know. And very that it's, true. And that it's still going to be a very, you know, quiet, slow movie. It's possible. Just like the first one. Highly so, possible. T- time will tell soon enough because I, I, I'd, I'd have to look it up. But I think it is like March or something when uh, the movie is coming out. It it's, is. When is the release get, date? I, I have it got, pulled up, but I don't have the release date. Release date. There we go. Uh, it is March 20th. Oh, I, s- I said March. You, I knew it. you nailed it. Nailed yep. it. Well, that is the news. <laughs> the Mandalorian Season 1. We're going to do some spoiler-free talk. You know, this is kind of normal stuff beforehand, but we're going to dive into the spoilers pretty pretty quickly. So, uh, so Jared... What is your what are your initial kind of thoughts on The Mandalorian? Uh, net positive. Yeah. You know, the, if 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 nothing else, you know, if you were to click off the video right now, you know, I hope you're just clicking off to go watch The Mandalorian. That's right. Uh, because uh, it's a net positive for me, and yeah. and probably the most. Uh, universally praised Star Wars content in, in a long time. Long time. I, I've heard people have nitpicks. I've heard some people even say they didn't care for it. But I mean, yeah. Uh, for the most part, I, I I've never seen so many Star Wars fans across like so many different ages and everything all kind of be like, yeah, I really liked it. And that's the thing about like this one that I love is that that because it's a TV show, 
you can like they got they can get away with like oh well we can do a weird thing or like whatever like for instance mm-hmm. like you know going into like some of the music where it's like the music completely different from completely fr- different. from Star Wars but yet still feels Star Warsy um, from the moment that like they had the uh, the opening uh, where they have the different helmets and the things shining by and it's like it's this like really like tightly glitched edited uh, synth there I was just like this is so different from Star Wars but yet still feels Star Warsy in that way like and uh, you know they have the 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 orchestra and things like that that are still in there but the they infuse it with this its own thing. And so immediately like, you know, from that like side of things, they take like risks from episode to episode as well. But it's like, because it's a TV show, the moments that I didn't like far are, are far less than the amount that I did. like. Right. Absolutely. And even like down to like story points or like whatever, even people who are super hypercritical of it, like they'll be like, oh, I didn't like two episodes or three episodes, but like a lot of people will just be like, but, Man, the episodes that I liked made it worth it, you know. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm I really like TV shows uh, mm-hmm. in general. I just if you were to say choose one or the other, you know, forever TV or movies, you know, I, I mean, I would say television format, uh, which it's almost not really even television format anymore. No. You know, what are streaming services called? I mean, that's <laughs> Who is knows? that still considered a TV show? Yeah, it's on your TV, but. I, I don't know. Yeah. But that's what we're calling it for now. And that's the thing about like this one, even then, like this one leaned into that like streaming service. I guess Netflix has been for a long time of like the runtime doesn't have to be 42 minutes or doesn't have to like be like an hour, but minus the commercials or like whatever right. these, like the runtime on this, like there was, you know, one that was short as 31 minutes. And then there's some that are as long as like, you know, 45 minutes or like whatever yeah. in this, in this season. So it's a, uh, it's, it's interesting to like basically go, well, how much time do they need to tell the story? And then just, like make that the episode length you yeah know? it definitely seemed a lot more loose it, it seemed like they were maybe aiming for a thing that they were like look you know we want these episodes 30 to 40 minutes yeah and then but we're not afraid to just let whatever is going to be going to be if we need more time if we need to shoot an extra she- scene if it seems like it's dragging and we need to cut it down to yeah. episode two was like 27 minutes or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that was like the shortest that. one, man. And, uh, and I loved that episode. It was, gr- it was a great episode. Uh, even though I could have watched an hour of it uh, oh, e- easily. That's the thing is like, I, that's it, you mentioned like coming up the stairs a minute ago, you were like, yeah, that's the one thing like if, it, if they had been longer. But like, I feel like that's a... Uh, that's more of a like, oh, I just want more, you oh, know, yeah. like I'm all, I'm never going to be satisfied and I'm always going to be like, give me the next episode or like, give me, a, give me more of this right now. Like, and now that the season is over, I'm like, how quickly can we get the season two into my hands? You know, right. I mean, I mean, a Star Wars TV show is something that has been talked about for a long time and that I've wanted for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, and, and as much as like, I, I'm okay with like the live action shows, I, I like Clone Wars and Rebels. I yeah. definitely don't like, uh, just like hardcore fan dive into them as much as some people, you know, I've seen them all and uh, there's certain episodes that I really like, but I love things to be in live action. You know, it's just like, I love things to seem a little bit more tangible and to kind of have to operate in the rules of uh, the world that we live in to some, to some degree. Yeah. Um, totally. And, uh, well, then so also I'm, like it, it, in this one, it's so interesting to have that live action thing too, because like while like animation is one of my favorite like things just in general, like mm-hmm. I, anything like it, it's, I'm kind of like, sometimes I'll say like, I'm the opposite of that where it's like, right. if it's animated, like I'm in, like I'm 100% <laughs> into this. Um, and if it's a cool like art style or whatever, like that immediately like makes me even more interested. I'm like, I will, I right. will accept, you know, 
something that's like, oh, they're an okay story, but it's like amazing, like art style or like mm-hmm. whatever. And I'll, I'm in. Um, but at the same time, like this, this show being like a tangible, like physical actors, like physical props right. and like the puppetry, like everything that's going through this thing is so good and is so star Wars that immediately like they can do, they can use that, um, essentially that like cachet that they have where they're like, okay, this looks exactly like star Wars because we're using the exact props. We're using the exact, you know, things, the guns, the locations, all this stuff. And they can try to do other things with like the story or other things with, with, uh, with the world, like Mm -hmm. the music, like take a risk there. It's like the clone war is like, they literally use like Star Wars music because it's like, well, it's a different style. But in this one, it's like, well, this is live action. And it looks exactly like Star Wars. So you can make it sound less like Star Wars and people will still be like, right. I'm on to this. You know, this is great. Um, so I love I love this show specifically being live action so much that I can't imagine it any other way. Um, the cinematography looks amazing in this thing. Like they're yeah. going from like down the line, like we have so many different directors to cross the show, but it all has the same kind of visual, uh, visual appeal, like the same, the same kind of shots. Like there's certain like episodes that I like better than others specifically because of the, the, the direction. Mm. But overall, everything look, looks like the same, like there, you can't tell like, uh, the, the, the different visions, but at the same time, there are certain moments where, like, you're—I know that this was directed by uh, Taika Waititi or directed by like um, a specific person, you know. So, yeah, it's a it, the direction has been has, is an interesting one throughout the the series. So we'll get into more nitty gritty of that later. Well, that's but. been the biggest holdup with the Star Wars TV show is they're like, oh, well, it costs too much. It costs too much. It costs too much. It costs too much. And they're apparently definitely spending money on this for one. Don't think that they're not spending spending money. Yeah, a uh, hundred million dollars is is what I had heard for a for a first season of the show, but uh, the sh- it, it's not really a, as big as I would think. In in some ways, the cinematography yeah. is great. Yeah, but it's also a smaller show in in, in a lot of ways and. And I'm not. I'm really not saying this as a discount because uh, I I don't know what goes into making a film or a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely wasn't as many like eye popping like scenes as I thought. I, if you would have asked me before mm. I saw any of the Mandalorian, like yeah. what I thought the show would would come into, there was definitely a lot. And you see space, and you see going into hyperspace, and you mm-hmm. see shot uh, large shots and wide frame shots, and you know grazing over planets and you know large groups of stormtroopers and you know there, there's plenty of shots yeah uh but to think like okay this, this is costing you know 10 to 12 million dollars you know per, per, episode. per episode uh but you've also you've created a a, a galaxy that uh, doesn't exist uh you know right uh, for, and you've created multiple different planets i mean we went to a different planet almost every almost every time s- uh, episode and that's yeah. very expensive you know yeah. it, the 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 cheap ploy uh you know would just to be like Boom, they're on this planet, and this is the spot that they hang out at all the time. All the time, uh, you know. And they did yeah. that a tiny amount. There was, you know, there's one recurring planet throughout right. throughout the season, uh, but I didn't mind that uh, at all, and we still... And it felt natural, like, with the story that they were telling. I think that that's, like... That's why, like some of the like some of the the fact that like oh we didn't you don't have like a large scale story so we don't necessarily need a a massive scale kind of from a visual perspective like on that side of things like we're telling a story about about a specific 
subset of people, yeah. specifically one or two, you know, and it's and then you don't necessarily need to uh, to focus on like in like Rise of Skywalker or whatever. Like you don't have to really like focus on like and then this whole battalion is attacking this whole battalion right. or like whatever, you know. You can focus on a single ship that is like in a dogfight or like whatever. Um, which was one of my like standout kind of moments, you know, with, with this this show like that that the space kind of things where I didn't necessarily think that they would do that really. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, they go there and you're like, this, that's awesome. Um, so we talked about the music, talked about the direction. The cast was really good. I thought that, the, you know, the only thing that I will say is that some of like the, the, the guest stars uh, stood out a little bit too much sometimes. Like yeah. some of the, the one-offs, not the regular guest stars yeah. like that were on like more episodes than just one, but some of the kind of the one-off people you were just kind of like, ah, that performance like, stood out a little bit too much or like was a little bit um, tonally different than what else was going on in the episode. I, I, I can agree with that. There, you know, uh, a thing that I really, uh, and everybody has different opinions about Star Wars or what Star Wars means to them or everybody likes to throw that term around too, you know, what what is Star Wars? Or that yeah. felt Star Wars and, that, yeah. and even that means something different oh, to different yeah. people. Um, but something that I personally really like about Star Wars is the unfamiliarity is for it to feel like a place that isn't anywhere on this world that you can't shoot it in LA, you can't tell, you know, a story, you know, even in in Europe or something that it that it has all of this freedom because of that that beautiful opening line to the first film of it's a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. You know, it, it's a fairy tale. It's so distant away from yeah. you that you can do anything. And then on top of that, they make Star Wars with all these unknown actors, and you know the the, the people that were known played very small roles. You know they mm-hmm. they advertised you know Peter Cushing and Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec they, Guinness was the biggest were on one. The po- their names were on the poster. Yeah, you know like they, even though they had the the small roles. Yeah. So I I, I like uh, to your point most of the cast in The Mandalorian because of the unfamiliarity, because you yeah. don't know these people. So when you meet Cara Dune, you can just accept her as yeah. Cara Dune. You yeah. know, you're not thinking like, oh, that's the girl that's done this and this and this. And I know some people are familiar with her before. Right. And some people, just like, you know, I'm familiar with Pedro Pascal who plays The Mandalorian. Yeah. But, you know, the way he plays it along with the mask, you know, yeah. it just seems like a new thing and something that they can do their own. Uh, but I agree to your point that some of the celebrities kind of put me out of that feeling sometimes, yeah. you know, where it was like, Oh, they gave, they, they let that guy come and do a recording of something. Yep. Uh, Cause even some of them, like, you know, they weren't there on set that they just yeah. came in and did a voiceover yeah. for, for something. And it just like, it didn't, it didn't belong in, in, in my, if I were to have, you know, my, my empirical way yeah. of ruling the Mandalorian universe. And I guess like, you know, some of the, some of the way that like Peter Hassel playing the Mandalorian is so understated and so like such a, such a subdued kind of a way that he plays it that sometimes whenever I, I, I encountered somebody who like is essentially playing themselves as a, as a character, you're like, oh. Okay, well that's a little jarring because it's it's against this it's contrasted with like Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal like being this really subdued like guy, you know, kind of soft, you know, single words or like whatever like very very kind of I don't know, it's like I said understated it where is. it's like it feels like they're like overacting almost and you're like, "Well, that's that's 
they're not mm-hmm. really overacting. It's just like it's just in comparison sometimes. Right. But let's also not 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 discount that it's uh, that it's a Darth Vader situation as well. That like Pedro Pascal is not True. playing True. the Mandalorian all the time. If not, it may be even a very minimal time that he's actually physically playing the Mandalorian. Uh, I know I don't remember his name, but it's it's John Wayne's uh, grandson, really? I believe, who uh, is in the suit uh, a large amount of the time. Uh, I don't think that they've said super specifically, but like one of the things that did slip is uh, the episode that Bryce Dallas Howard directed. Uh, she was in an interview and she made a comment that she never met Pedro Pascal. That's that really funny. They never interacted wow. whatsoever. Like so that there are entire episodes that Pedro Pascal is not involved with this show at all, and even he himself is just coming in a studio and doing a, a voiceover later, which I'm not hating on or no, discounting. No, no. Like I'm very much just like you do whatever you need to do, yeah. and as long as it comes out and you believe that character, then yeah. it's good to go. Which I never I, which, would have guessed exactly, which you do, and you yeah. believe that character. So like it, it <sighs> doesn't matter. Yeah, um, but it, but. Well, it is kind of a, uh, a David Prowse and uh, James Earl Jones situation. We know everybody sure. just knows James Earl Jones, you know, Darth yeah. Vader, Darth Vader. Uh, when the physical performance of Darth yeah. Vader and the elements that are understated that mm-hmm. was brought to that, you know, was brought to it by a totally different actor. And yeah. uh, that that's... Uh, such a hard man. place to be in Hollywood, I would think, to be those type of actors. You know, the people that played uh, the puppets in Age of Resistance, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the Netflix show. You know, you just think, oh well, Mark Hamill. You know, did the voice to that character, and and it yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but it was in combination with the performance from For a sure. totally different style of actor. Yeah. That's and, uh, so fascinating to me. It's it's a uh, Brendan Wayne is what Brendan Wayne. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, and that's that's so amazing um, to me. Like that that yeah. that is like it's John Wayne's grandson. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, like that, that blows my mind a little bit that there was, you know, like a lot of the time there's somebody else under there. That's really interesting, Mm -hmm. man. All right. Well, I think we're going to get into some spoilers here. Yeah, and uh, so we say both say go see this thing. I'm tipping on my toes a little bit too much, you know, while we're talking here. That's exactly what I'm thinking too, Um, because like you know, I want to want to talk about the episode, like specific episodes or like specific moments. Um, But we're gonna spoil this thing, and it's gonna be a big spoiler in five, four, (laughs) three, two, one. Throw out a spoiler. Man, the first spoilers I think about is always just deaths. I always just go to just like, just well, straight up the death. like their people died, and instantly I think that and the saddest spoiler of the uh, whole season is uh, that we're not gonna have Werner Herzog in season two of The Mandalorian. See, that's not the one that I was gonna go thinking you were going for, uh, but I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know, and there's plenty of more that I could throw out, even specific to deaths. Uh, but man, dude, yeah, uh, Werner Herzog is so good. Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog was a character so in Star Wars that we never knew that we needed, uh-uh. but was easily one of my like top three favorite elements of this entire season. Yeah, just to it just felt like the biggest, baddest, most sinister Imperial guy that like ha- has ever been. You just, you believed everything he said, Dude. every, all of it had gravitas to yes. what he was saying. And you were, uh, you know, it felt so much like a villain, even though 
no action, you know, just a guy that's sitting there and talking, but you were just like, okay, like this is a, this is a guy not to be trifled with. Yeah. Uh, and then he just gets blown away in episode seven, which was a <laughs> shocking moment. I mean, oh, I dude. did not say, I, I, I don't want to dive into the, the end of the no. season so quickly, but, uh, but man. Yeah, I agree. Like that, that moment, like whenever that happens, like you're uh, in my mind, I was like, oh man, we're about to like, we're about to like uncover like he was the the big boss like where you're like oh man this is the guy but then he's not the yeah. guy and so that moment was so shocking and such a like such a well delivered uh story turn there yeah that uh it it was like i don't know man i was i agree it's a bummer that he's not going to be in it um but he did a fantastic job dude. did a fantastic job like like you said the, the gravitas that like whenever he was in a scene you're just like man this is the the level of of intensity just like ramps up, um, mm-hmm. specifically because of his delivery, because it is so like believable that this is an, an ex like uh, ex imperial kind of terrible terrible person, yeah. and uh, and that aspect of like, the way he delivers lines, like even whenever at the end, like the level of creepiness whenever he says, "I would like to see the child," I you're would like, like to this see the child. is the worst person ever. You know, you're like, I don't I don't understand like what why you want to see this. I don't know what you're gonna do, but it's not gonna be good. You know. <laughs> Although I was glad they moved past the he's sleeping bit really quickly because like that 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 was like a little bit too much for me. Oh, where, dude, where yeah. He's gonna open the container and then they're like, oh, don't don't he's he's sleeping. Yep. He's like, I will be quiet. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> it's but it's like, like really it's so like it's such a uh, such a moment where you're like, this is like terrifying and like there's a threat in your voice yeah. that it's like there's no you're not threatening anything, yeah. but sure it's there's a threat there. Right. Well, and if there's a justification for it, it would be because like. They they definitely lost control of that situation oh, in that 100%. episode. Like they were planning on doing a thing, and then like suddenly like they're shipping Baby Yoda back to the ship, and then they're like, okay, let's just go into this with this like totally just like half put together plan, dude. Totally. That's, uh, so they were just like kind of grasping at straws, dude. Totally. And that, that you know that that episode in particular, uh, ep- you know, my favorite episodes were episode three and episode seven. Like mm-hmm. those are the two episodes that like that stood out to me as like the, the pinnacle of this show to me, like, cause especially like episode three, I think episode three is my favorite of those two mm-hmm. because like the way that the intensity ramps up, the way that like the pacing feels exactly right. And all the way to the end of the payoff, you know, where, yeah. and then the payoff being th- Werner Herzog getting gunned down, you know, and it's like that reveal mm-hmm. and that being the payoff at the end of that episode was just, it was in this intensity ramp up where everything's going wrong, everything's going wrong. And then you get to that moment and you're like, Oh my goodness, what is going to happen here? Um, and then moving into like the, the last episode or whatever, like that, you know, it, it felt right to build up that much all the way to there. And mm-hmm. then episode three, it's like it built up all the way up until the gunfight, like there in the, uh, the courtyard where he's like in the, uh, the speeder and he's like trying to, trying to get away with baby Yoda. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, those were both directed by the same person, right? Yeah. Deborah Chow, which yeah. like, which she is apparently like in charge of the, uh, Obi-Wan series. Yeah, the entire series. So I'm really excited about that. Like yeah. that makes me super pumped. Like whenever episode three happened and I was like, that was like, because episode one, uh, Dave Filoni, really good. Episode two um, was like this kind of like, it was a side story, but like it was part of that three episode arc. Sorry, I just bumped the mic. But it was like part of that three episode arc. So it wasn't quite as much of a side story as a couple of the other episodes were. Mm-hmm. 
but it was uh, Rick uh, Famuyua, yeah. and it was like fantastically directed too. I felt like it, it ramped was. up as far as like the intensity goes there because it's a smaller scale story. But like you have you have specifically the the fight in the trench in the mud there, like where the, like in his helmet, you see somebody jump above, like before it all like breaks loose and they're all trying to go after baby Yoda. And he like ends up vaporizing the dude at the end. Like uh, the pacing of that disintegrating scene, them, dude, that was like nuts. And it's, I loved the fact that from episode one, you see a certain, like a couple of tools that the Mandalorian has. Mm-hmm. And then like in that episode, you see a couple more tools that the Mandalorian has. And then in episode three, you it, like encounter one more new tool and then it all just like breaks loose. Like it yeah. uses everything at his disposal to get out of there. And that's the part of it that like, and then at the end, like exhausts all of those options and is totally like just dead to rights. And that's whenever his relationships, like the relationships that you've been in- investing in over the last, like with the, with the armor specifically um, pay off uh, at the end there of that, that third episode. So like just the way that that all worked together, um, it felt like it, everything just like got, ramped up in intensity as well as in like production value from episode one, two, and then three. So I just, I appreciated that, that arc right there. Mm-hmm. So uh, good, man. I would definitely, any, any complaints that I have with this show, uh, I won. I, I find that if you really break them down, they're not, they're not really complaints mm-hmm. that it's more so me just desiring either just something slightly different than I got or just wanting you know more more of what I got, yeah. Um, and and if I would, uh, ha- you know, and I could even you know have some complaints maybe about like small bits of like some of the writing or dialogue, yeah. like episode to episode, yeah. But I have to the overall just kind of John Favreau produced and written element of this show, yeah is the driving force of it and and is so good and it's so well thought out uh to where you know that every episode you know even the ones that were off to the side here that did have a purpose and that the arcs that he made for the characters and you know introduce this person and then pay this off later yeah. it really just all came together in this incredible way, and I think it's a large part of why I'm so uh, in- interested and in, into this show. Yeah, is because it's instantly kind of made me invested with the characters in the story and what's going on. Yeah, and you know, like I said, me me complaining is me being like, oh man, well, well, when's that going to come around, or what, or what's going to happen with this? You know, yeah. what are we? Are we going to ever go to Baby Yoda's planet? You know, or Dude. are we going to? Uh, you know, what's good uh, question? Right, right. You know, what's? <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see the planet, man. It's, you know, it was, it was teased. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it, he's literally been charged with taking him there. Yeah. So I, I mean, I obviously will take some side, some side tangents, but you know, I think that that's something that could happen. And that's the thing like about this season that I appreciated was that like after episode, what was it like four where we had the village and like that with the ATST, like, uh-huh. and, and we had uh Cara Dune introduced and like, it was nice to have her like return in the final two episodes because it's like, okay, she's such a cool character. First of all, like Imperial drop trooper. Yeah. And, uh, and that's like, there's so much there within that. And then in those last two episodes, like the context of like whenever she's panicking, whenever they're going to be captured or whatever, it's like that aspect of it was super interesting to me. Like her character is like, She's like, I cannot get captured because mm-hmm. I, they hate me, you yeah. know, <laughs> like I am screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like like her character be interacting with the with the Mandalorian and, as well as Baby Yoda, like that was interesting. And then wrapping that back around with Queel as well, yeah. like him ra- wrapping back around to that last couple episodes because like his character was so cool. Um, I also think super heartbreaking moment, dude. Like that that is the one critique that I have honestly. That is that is less about. Um, that is less about like, oh, I can, I can, like, they can get around that, or like, I can get a question answered, or it's like, oh, there's other more good that outweighs the bad. Like, his death. That they didn't play it out more? They didn't, like, serve him well. Like, I feel like it, what would have been nice is on the last episode, episode eight, if they'd had, like, a, a, like, a rewind of, like, let's just rewatch those uh, troopers coming yeah. up, killing him, taking Baby Yoda and going away, right? Because, like, we never actually saw the shot get fired. And, in fact, like, with by the way it's edited, like, some people were like, oh, it's totally IG-11 killed him. Like, before before episode eight happened, and it's like, oh, it was in right. that in-between. People were like, IG-11 probably killed him, you know? And it's whenever people were still, like, expecting that droid to turn bad, um, which that's something I really appreciated about this. Uh, the series was, like, it did... In a in the right way, it took your expectations and built on them, mm-hmm. and then sometimes like turned them on their head. You know, where it's like, yeah. oh, you know, we have this whole like storyline throughout the whole arc of these eight episodes of like the Mandalorian has like a problem with droids, and we don't know why, mm-hmm. and then we find out why. Uh, where it's like, oh, the you know his droids killed his parents and like wiped out his entire village, and the Mandalorian saved him and all that whole thing. And then in the end, it turns out like he, he overcomes that prejudice with IG uh, Eleven there at the end. And it's like mm-hmm. that arc of a character like is so believable in this context, and is so nice to like see that whole thing happen. Um, that like it just pays off really well. So, but yeah, like Quill. Man, I was I was bummed like that that like his death. I was like, okay, we better see like some something happen there, like have some some amount of drama leading up to that. But it just kind of like happens off screen, and and then we move on. So yeah, the wheel character was uh, was very well done and <laughs> kind of an instant classic in yeah. the show and uh, and in Star Wars. You know, you know, had so you know that great uh, quotable line of you know I, I have spoken. You know, that kind of swept over the internet. You know, for a, for a while. So good. And you know, I just until loved, this is the way it happens. I you just know. loved uh, the demeanor of yeah. uh, of of Kuil, and I loved uh, that you felt uh, the history of his culture and his background. And you know, just through a through line, couple of lines. Yeah. Um, you know, and the only I mean, there's tons in you know canon about Ugnats, but the only thing that you have of them in uh, you know the movies is seeing them on Cloud City and seeing that they're that they're that they're workers there and that they. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all you really know. Hmm. And I love the little payoffs, you know, to, to even just that, even if you had that little bit of knowledge, you know, he talks yeah. about how that they are phenomenal workers and they're good with their hands and they're good with building things and that they had, you know, basically been slaves, you know, through a lot of their, their life that they'd been, you know, indentured servitude, you know, to the, to the empire yeah, and that he, you know, wanted out of that life, you know, that he was just like, you know, I, I, I did my time. I didn't like doing my time. And, but, you know, I've broken free of that and I'm just going to live my life in peace here. Yeah. But then I guess somehow through, you know, his arc of the story develops a little bit of a soft spot for the, for the Mandalorian. And he's, he's intrigued by this baby Yoda character and the, this, this element of the force that he has going on. And like, I think that, you know, he gets this sense of that. This is, this is maybe bigger than me too. And that, and that this isn't really what I want to do, but this guy needs my help and I think that I, I should. And for then that to be 
to uh, to be led within him losing his life in that scenario. Yeah, uh, I think that that has to kind of be put into the character of the Mandalorian go, going forward. You know that, yeah. that he has that weight on him, and that he knows uh, that 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 also that he can have that influence o- over people. I True. think that this series and uh, season definitely is a lot about the character and it's a lot mm-hmm. about uh who people are and mm-hmm. who they can choose or change to be yeah if they if they want to be you know they had that parallel with the ig droid and that this this is always oh, a killer is a killer this thing was programmed to be a killer and he said no he's i i i changed him i reprogrammed mm-hmm. this droid it's yeah. a different droid I, I i basically you know i love that little cute little montage scene of him training yep. the ig droid to, yeah. to do everything yeah you know uh, uh, again and I think that, you know, that that's there to make the Mandalorian, you know, think about himself and, mm-hmm. you know, think about who he, you know, he was, you know, not born, but he was, you know, a youngling in this man- Mandalorian culture and that that's what he's been raised in. And I think that he loves and respects that. But then he's also like, okay, but maybe there are some other things that matter too. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like forsake everything that I am. Yeah. But... I also feel like my hands are tied in some ways or even like yeah. with him being involved with the bounty hunters, like, oh, I, and we don't really have the full on backstory of how he got involved with being a bounty hunter. Yeah. But, you know, there's also some questions in, in that life, you know, and yeah. he, he used to run, run with a much rougher crowd and was a much more kind of even more of a brutal bounty hunter than he already is. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that kind of soften up and he's questioning that. True. Like, well, you know, maybe I don't shoot first and ask questions later. Like, it, it, yeah, there, and these are man. the things that I'm loving about yeah. the show that it's asking these type of deep questions and spending time with it. It's not just mm-hmm. saying like, "Oh, they are her choose to be." Right. It's just like, no, they're doing that episode after episode and setting it up character after mm-hmm. character, and and uh, like I said, with bringing, with bringing back the IG droid, and yeah. I I thought that the IG droid was going to come back. I was like, it's yeah. probably going to come back. I never thought it would be done in that way. No, I, me neither. It, that 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 way was just me like, neither. oh my gosh! Like yeah. you know, the the decisions that they've made are are so so good and so uh, thought provoking in in great ways. The uh, and add context to like other things as well, like where it's like whenever they did bring the IG droid back and and it gets reprogrammed or whatever, it made me immediately think like who who like sent this droid in the first place like who programmed it the first time like who programmed this thing to be like a bounty hunter like because like mm-hmm. assassin droids are generally just assassin droids you know and then like there's ig88 and there's ig but who's like programming all these ig droids to be like bounty hunters right um and so like that that is fascinating to me like and and then you're reprogramming it to be a nurse droid is like super interesting and you're saying oh yeah you are more than just your core programming or whatever um I also appreciated like whenever we had the Tatooine episode, like talking about taking things and like asking hard questions or like turning things on their head. Like, and this is the part about like changing expectations where like other properties like tend to like just change expectations to like change expectations. What is what it seems like Mm -hmm. Um, where it's like, Oh, you think this is happening? Well, guess what? This is happening. But in this context, like with the IG droid or on Tatooine, it, it's meaningful things like of changing expectations. Like whenever you walk into the Moss Eisley cantina and it's full of droids now, 
you know, it's I like, love. and it's like, oh my goodness, like, like literally like 20 years ago, whenever Luke and, and uh, Obi-Wan walk in there, it's like, oh no, no droids allowed. You know, yeah. it's like we did, and from that contest, it's like, well, we just had a, a war with a bunch of droids. Like, we don't want droids mm-hmm. in here, you know? And uh, and so, no droids allowed. But now it's run by droids. And you walk over, and it's like literally in the seat that Han Solo was in. This legit, like, bounty hunter who, like, shoots first. Like, shoots Greedo, McClunky, whatever. And there sits, like a fake like bounty hunter now like who's yeah. like a, a a rich kid you know who's, yeah, 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 who's just yeah. trying to do this for for seems, kicks yeah yeah seems, seems like a frat boy you yeah. know bounty hunter and it's like and throughout the context of that whole like whole episode like it just takes your expectations and turns them over the uh, the sand people another another expectation that you have of like oh these sand people are just like in the in the prequels even like they're just like kind of in the way you yeah. know they're not like you know you see like their 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 village a little bit with like Anakin and stuff but the, like in the in the pod race they're just taking pot shots or whatever and then like the Mandalorian's able to like communicate with it like use sign language and they barter their way across this and it's like Holy cow! Like that adds a level of like whenever we watched uh, Catherine was watching the uh, the prequels and it's like it adds this level of complexity to whenever the same people show up. You're like, oh, that recontextualizes my entire view yeah, of still what people too, you know, what they are, you know, and what they they mean to Star Wars. Like these people are just on their land and they're just like they're they're mm-hmm. being violent and they're like whatever because like you're on our place, you know, <laughs> get out. So it's just it's it, like the, those moments within star wars are so cool to me like and that that like the, even that episode in, on tatooine which may may or may not come back into play we was a tag at the end i mean was you say it's boba boba or yeah boba fett's uh sound as he steps around right you know? i mean, I mean th- th- those who don't know or, ha- or haven't heard you know at the end of the episode there's uh the the, the boots that walk up to the dead body and you yeah. hear definitively you hear spurs you know as those boots are walking and i even did, as a as a lifelong star wars watcher like i somehow didn't even know this fact but i've since w- went back and watched several scenes and i'm like yes mm-hmm. it is that way but uh boba fett throughout the original trilogy any time that he is walking around, you hear those exact spur sound. That's fascinating. You 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 hear it even in the special edition in uh, New Hope when he's in uh, the Millennium Falcon. Really? Uh, Occupy ninety four. Really? You, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, you hear it in uh, when uh, Cloud City when he's walking around Cloud City multiple times. So like those are like those are things that they like even especially the special edition scene being added there. Like that's something like years later that the George was like, ah, oh, we got to put the sound in there. You know, yeah. it's like. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So um, very purposeful. And so, so, so showing up I, here can't be an accident. So I really think that it is supposed to be Boba Fett. But, but and, and I've said this, I don't, I think that there will be a Boba Fett reveal at some point in the show. I don't think it's going to be a throwaway thing at all, at all. I think that they will do an arc with it. But I, mm. I don't think that they'll go too far down that road, at least none of this. I don't think yeah. they want to do things that upstage the Mandalorian. Yeah. And this show in general, kind of like you were talking about earlier, is it's it's supposed to be a bunch of kind of placeholder things hmm. for, for things that we're familiar with. And, and, and honestly, I, I think that, that, it, it, that they're doing it the right way. Yeah. That they're taking a lot of these elements of Star Wars that we're familiar with, that we like you ha- you go to Tatooine some episodes you see an ATST some episodes yeah. uh, you, which also you recontextualizes see the, the monkey ATST. lizard be, being fried in oh, the dude. city I mean there's so many things of just like Star Wars Star Wars Star Wars Star Wars original trilogy Star Wars mm-hmm. but at the same time they're doing 
entirely new things yeah. with that. And I think that that's kind of the thing that's most sold me about this show is that they are just taking these things. They're taking this Mandalorian character who is basically Boba Fett. Yeah. And they're taking IG-11 who is IG-88. Mm-hmm. And you've heard of Ugnaughts. So there's an Ugnaught. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's Ula the Greenskin Dancer, uh, the uh, the Twi'lek in Return of the Jedi. So you put a Twi'lek character in there. Mm-hmm. But they're not trying to recreate a new hope. They're mm-hmm. not trying to uh, remake any element of Star Wars. They're telling yeah. a completely brand new story yeah. that's just that's literally just John Favreau playing Star Wars. I yeah. mean, uh, that's what it is. And I happen to like his version of Star Wars yeah. that, that that he is playing. And yeah. I think that it you know you say oh well it's still it's different but it feels like Star Wars. Like I happen to think that that is because they're doing new things. Yeah. Like Star Wars was so great because it was so new. True. It was so different. It was somebody just doing this passionate, crazy thing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you have to be given a little bit more freedom in what you do to to capture that. Yeah. And Well, you think about like in, in uh, Bob Iger's book that came out recently about like his, it's his autobiography. He mentioned that, that George, after watching Force Awakens, like the one criticism that he had was like, he was like, oh, there's nothing new. Yeah. You know, and it's and, like, an, and, there and largely there isn't, you know. He's not wrong. Yeah. And, and I think uh, The Force Awakens is a fine movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's like kind it's of a really good movie. About, it's a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not, uh, it doesn't, I don't think it will necessarily stand the test of time as well or I- I inspire people as much or like really make you like, it almost think yeah, like about, if you, if you look at it like these days, it's like, it was a, it was an on-ramp for like new people essentially. Yeah. It's like, oh, for, for like, you know, kids you know, who weren't necessarily alive during like the, right. you know, the previous two trilogies. It's like, this is an on-ramp for them. And like, that makes sense in some sense, but like this show specifically feels like, the version of like Star Wars where you're like, oh, there's new things here. Like, mm-hmm. and, and yet at the same time, it's honor, it honors the old things where it's like, hey, I, you know, the, with the things that it's taking and turning on their heads where it's like, oh, 20 years is a long time. This place is a different place. Like, you're in the same location, completely different stuff going on. Well, and just something about it, uh, you know, being a TV show, being on a streaming service, just like, right. there's just something in our world that, that, that just makes studios say, okay, we'll just kind of back off a little bit on this mm-hmm. and uh, we'll just kind of let you do your thing and we'll release it and we'll see what it does. Yeah. And that's largely, I think, because... <clears throat> You, you you kind of indirectly make money from shows like this. You know, you don't have to directly make a billion dollars from true. this show. Well, you like ha- Disney ha- Plus isn't supposed to make any money for Disney at all until 2025. <laughs> right. But but either way, it, it's just about getting people to sign up for the streaming service. Yeah. And as long as they're on the streaming service, like the show is good or bad or people yeah. hate it or love it. Like who cares as it's long true. as they're not canceling their membership, you're winning. Yeah. A- a- and that kind of sounds a little cold, but honestly, I think that it paves the way for things at least that I personally am much more interested in because it allows people to kind of do things that are a little bit more specific and a little bit more just like, man, here's this thing that I want to do. And I think I'm sure that some of the other Star Wars shows, maybe I won't like as much. Maybe I'll like them even more. But I'm much, much more excited uh, for the TV shows that we have going forward uh, rather than kind of the, the mystery uh, of what the movies may may behold. Yeah, um, it's true. But but yeah, I, I say all that to, to, to say that I think that uh, back to the Boba Fett thing that we will see Boba Fett, mm-hmm. but it'll just kind of be a thing that they'll put into another show later with yeah. him or just kind of just be like, hey, he's alive. 
Or again, sure. like we're talking about a show that keeps like surprising us in some ways. Mm-hmm. They may find some way to fully surprise us. Yeah, that's and true. maybe that maybe and maybe Boba Fett comes back into this show, but he's no longer Mandalorian. He doesn't wear Mandalorian armor. You know, that's and, true. And well, I mean, there's arguments to-, to be made like whether or not he even was because like the well, uh, yeah, right even in the, the Clone Wars, no, like no, the Mandalorians he, he, he were like he's not a, man- not a man. You know, he was not a Mandalorian. Django Fett, like we don't you know. J- Django that, Fett you know? at one time was a man was a Mandalorian. Or well, he, what, he was a young leader. He family. says he was born on one of the planets like that they uh, that they reference and like show up at or whatever, uh, and it's a Mandalorian planet. Right. In, oh, in the I believe there's a, com- a comic strip where that it shows him being like picked up by the Mandalorians as, as a youngling, like a foundling yeah. as well. Yeah. But but either way, not a practitioner of the Mandalorian uh, culture, nope. and definitely nor was Boba Fett. Right. Ever, and they they like. Disown them. They're like, no, they're not yeah, Mandalorians. Yeah, no, 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 a, a slip of the tongue on on, on my on my part. But, but, but he may, that he may not don the the armor anymore. That yeah. he may be a totally different character. Yeah. Uh, than than we once uh, thought. You it's know. possible. It's, it's uh, really being, possible. You know, being swallowed by a sarlacc pit changes a man, dude. <laughs> I can't imagine that it wouldn't. You know. <laughs> um, the uh, so as far as favorite episodes go, I've already said my. Like the way I would rank these as far as episodes go would be like three, seven, and then probably one, two, no, two, one, and then jump to the Tatooine episode. And then like the rest of them were kind of about equal or whatever. The, the last episode to me isn't necessarily like one of my like top four, you know, it's not like top right. half. It's essentially like top of the bottom half maybe, um, which is interesting um, the, the, and I love like so many aspects of it. I love that it was directed by Taika Waititi. I love the, uh, e- I, I even liked the straight up like comical like scene at the beginning where they're like the, the stormtroopers just sitting there punching baby Yoda, like trying to take target practice. Like what is my gun malfunctioning or whatever? Like I appreciated all of those things. I loved that part of it. Um, but there were a couple of moments as far as like these big gaps in, in the pacing where I just, it didn't feel like it necessarily like continued on. Like there was, um, like just some sort of a, a disconnect between whenever they, uh, they encounter like right before they, like the death of Pedro Pascal, like where like, Oh, he takes off the helmet. That was all wonderful. But that to the next scenes feel like that was too fast. Yeah. And like, definitely he, starts uh, healing pretty quick. Yeah. He's like, all of a sudden he's just up and walking. And I realized like IG 80 or IG 11 said he was going to like, Oh, you're going to heal over the next couple hours. And he's, I don't know. Like there's, there's a couple of jumps like that where I was like, the, it just didn't pace correctly to me. It's like yeah. all of the elements are here. But it, the pacing wasn't exactly mm-hmm. right, like in my mind, or wasn't exactly like the most uh, payoff heavy for me. And like some people, like that's their favorite episode. Yeah, and that's also fine. You know, it's, that's one of the things. Like I don't dislike any of the episodes. I thought that all of them were really good. Um, but you know, just in in general, like that episode, I, ex- I expected the last episode to have a little bit more. Um, in that pacing department. Whereas like, especially the buildup with episode seven, like the perfect pacing that that episode has episode eight, just kind of like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, wasn't quite, quite my favorite, but I did do like where we end everything. Yeah. So where, where, where everything ended up was perfect. And then the show, like there's so many elements in there that I love the showdown with the tie fighter. Like that was ridiculously cool. Really cool. Like really cool. The there, ch- there was some money. Dude, some, <laughs> some massive money like him flopping around on the outside of this like tie fighter is like so fun um 
and the fact that it's like he's like running them down and it's like oh i didn't expect the the jetpack to pay off that quickly yeah i don't know it's it was it was really well done um but there was a couple of just moments in there where i was like oh it seemed like more time should have passed before we got to this point in the story mm-hmm. or something um but yeah what uh, would your what would your ranking be of the episodes? Well, first I have to comment that I that I that, that was what I the this opening scene the episode eight was off for me. It was the, off. The, the stormtroopers, <laughs> yeah. uh, the scout troopers. Sorry, there was there was yeah. just something, and I I was totally okay with a scene like that scene being there. Yeah, I just I just didn't feel like You're it like, quite this isn't played out exactly how uh, like uh and I think the two biggest elements was like. Like the specific dialogue of the script was a little like it was a little too modern. Mm. It's a little like too on the nose of mm-hmm. like a bit. Okay. Like rather than like kind of genuine conversation between these scout troopers, it kind of felt more like something that was written, something that was on a sitcom, something that was in a comedy. Yeah, yeah, like, I can see that. You know, something that was in Thor Ragnarok. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, and and then that in combination with it being Jason Sudeikis' voice mm-hmm. was just like, and that was one of the voices for me that was just like... Like, this is just a little off. Here's a little Jason Sudeikis being Jason Sudeikis, mm-hmm. you know, acting exactly like he acts mm-hmm. in everything. Cool, mm-hmm. they gave him a guest appearance. Good for him. I'd love to be in Star Wars yeah, too, yeah. Uh, but it just didn't fit. It just mm-hmm. didn't quite. Uh, I did love them shooting at the can. Dude, that was scene. amazing. They've taken a lot of great shots at Stormtroopers <laughs> this season, and I think that it's been awesome. <laughs> it's been great. Um, but uh, but yeah, just that scene. It was just a little a little too much. I think if they would have backed it down yeah. just a hair and had a uh, had a different voice actor, I, I, I would have been in. I do appreciate like that. That's about as far as 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 they could have gone down that direction, and it still be like in Star Wars canon mm-hmm. or whatever. And so like that's the that's that I I appreciate the Jason Sudeikis. I didn't have that much of a problem with that one. Um, but I do get it. Like that's mm-hmm. the part of it that as, if you just swapped him out for somebody else or something, the same scene would play pretty much i would say like a, just a notch lower than the comedy that it was played for you know that, that i actually like received or whatever because like you're right it does feel like this is this is a comedy bit you know as well as it was a it was a a subversion kind of not in the right way from again we're coming off the uh the coattails of episode seven where, where we're like Man, Kawil just died. Like we're going into the finale. What's gonna happen? Yeah. And then rather than kind of like dealing with this fresh emotion of Kawil dying, we're just like we have this like pretty long like three minute scene. Yeah. yeah. Of, of, of like these guys, and I'm just like, huh. like for a second, I was just like, are we still watching the Mandalorian? <laughs> like this is this feels just like a totally different yeah. show here for yeah, a yeah, second. Yeah. And and then right after that, it was just kind of like right back, back to regularly right scheduled programming. Um, the uh, which was an amazing sequence where IG11 is like. Oh, roaming through the city, like so just wiping good. people, and Baby Yoda's like in his backpack, being like "woohoo," you know. It was like that. That part of it was perfect. Yep. Um, um, I also like some one last thing about that that specific scene that I I like. Um, essentially, uh, what's the what's the what's the Imperial officer's name? Uh, the Moff, Moff, Gideon? Moff Gideon. Yeah, uh, Moff Gideon has everything that he wants. He has everything that he needs. He has Baby Yoda in in some troopers, pers- like mm. like they have him. Yeah. But the cruelty of the Empire causes him to lose it. Like because he's like busy, like he just killed somebody that interrupted him. This might be a while. Like yeah. that cruelty that the Empire just has and still has. Like there's not, not enough people for him to just be killing people, like left and right. Yeah. It but that cruelty causes him to lose the very thing that he wanted. 
And that part of it, I loved that. I was like, that mm-hmm. is such a George Lucas kind of like Star Wars, like this a high level like of yeah. like the thing that you want the most is the thing you can't do or the thing that you like shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing. You know, the anger, the frustration, the whatever, like you, you know, if you release that, you lose it. You lose everything. And like yeah. that part of it, I loved. Like I loved that that was underlying in this comedy bit or whatever, like that that was the thing. And even their own cruelty, like, I didn't see IG 11 coming up on him and like, but because they're like worried about hitting baby Yoda over here, you know, and you're like, stop it guys. And then they they just like their own cruelty, like is their own undoing. And like, that is, uh, was a, a quintessential. Like I was like, that is a unique thing. And a very masterful thing to slide into a comedy bit. Like that's yeah. a Taiko Waititi, like you know, with like Thor Ragnarok style, where you're like this is this says a lot more mm-hmm. in the subtext and in like what's going on than the comedy would let you think. You know, it's a very high level, like yeah. has meaning to this. Yeah, there's thing. a very there's a lot of high level thinking in in the in this show, uh, deeper than just kind of the surface value of it you know kind of again back to like the overall writing of it you know where you know people then that are smarter than me i feel like are better at breaking it down uh than i am you know all of kind of the the motifs you know of the episode and the show and the symbolisms of the characters and like i really feel like all of that is very much there and present and thought about in the show even if i don't fully kind of realize or understand it now it's kind of the intangible like i like it but i'm not sure why yeah exactly and you're like oh that that's that's why why. (laughs) that that guy explained it just thought, you know right yeah uh anyway to to the uh to the episodes uh of the of the favorite uh it really difficult for me to be mm-hmm. to be honest you know and i i say this now and may may say a different thing tomorrow like yeah. i mean i mean there are uh you know, I would say at least half if not five episodes of the of the season are like really really like <sighs> Just those are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, just top tier, you know. Uh, so, so, so I'll give kind of a duel as well. But for me, like I really loved the pilot. Uh, yeah. And uh, and again, like some people were like, didn't really even like the show till the second episode. Wasn't really sold on it till the second episode. Yeah. Um, I really liked the pilot, and specifically, like I, I liked the first half of the pilot. Uh, like if the first half of the pilot. Was just its own episode. I would probably say that that was my favorite episode. Hmm. Um, not that it. I had like I dig f- it. major problems with no. the end of the second half. It just there was a couple elements that weren't quite as much my jam. Yeah, and uh, the way that the end battle was like uh, in some ways too over the top or or, or something like or, that or uh, felt very like unearned almost like where it's like he only took the one hit but that was from ig11 and so like yeah you know those types of things right but just from the moment that the show opened you know that first just like five minute scene i was like whoa yeah this is cool and it would been the reveal of like what's the show going to be we're waiting for it for so long and like that was a reveal that was instantly just like Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know, not not like, oh man, I hope this kind. Of, we'll see how this pans out. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if this kind of it'll probably get better. Like pilots are, are often terrible. Yeah. You know, like oh I mean, man, many times. So many pilots are terrible, and you're like, give it, give it to the second season. It's yeah. good. Yeah. You know, and it's like for them to start off on such a high, where he is, you know, on this, you know, random icy planet, just tracking down a random bounty hunter, and yeah, it's dude. just this little side. Tone, but then it's this the tone is just so wild west gunslinging samurai kind of just da- down to earth you know no even dialogue from him until the very oh, you know dude. he pulls the you know you want to come in warm dude it's coming it, cold it's so like 
the fascinating thing about that opening is that they incorporated so many Star Warsy things. Like, mm-hmm. and again, like that term means something different. Like, they introduced so many things within this show. The that, guy playing the flute that, with the speeders that was the uh, the spy yeah. in a New Hope. Or it's not that guy, but again, it's just it's a placeholder of that yeah. character. And, and you're just like, like, oh, I recognize that. Like, I, I know that. where we are. I know where we are. And then, like the tone of like it being dark, where it's like everyone in you know in the original Star Wars trilogy is like everyone in the universe is terrible except for Jedi. And you're yeah. like everyone in this universe is terrible except for you know no one you know and then the baby yoda at the end maybe you know it's but like yeah. and then the walrus being like in the ice or you're like there's any random planet anything that you land on is trying to kill you yeah, which i even loved <laughs> if that was like a quick story beat moment yeah. like they easily could have spent a ton of time on that oh. and it was just like he tries to grab his ship yeah he just grabs his little rod and he's just like bam gone yeah. reminiscent of, of like of like uh oh there's always a bigger fish or yeah. like whenever you land and there's the there's the like asteroid worm you know and you're like mm-hmm. what in the world like there's just random things that are in the universe that are trying to kill you and yeah. like it's just these these threats of like uh of that being the case and then you know obviously walking in and he's talking to the uh the the dude with the puck or whatever and it's like trying to pick his next thing and it's like you're in a hard situation and every single star wars movie you know uh, of the original trilogy and then the, the prequel trilogy is like everyone starts off in just the worst possible situation mm-hmm, like yep. it's all bad from right. the get-go <laughs> you know he goes back to the town you get introduced to uh to carl weathers character yeah. which i i loved carl Dude, weathers character a couple of people were like oh, the acting was a little over the top sometimes which i even agree with yeah. but it played for me yeah like you know some people are over the top yeah like I, i've met people that are just like over the top and you're just like right. are you living in a video game like what are you yeah. are you are you like <laughs> and it kind of felt like that to me like it felt over the top but well, his character kind of like but it felt genuine to be that way well and like yeah he's because like he's sending of, people out to their deaths like essentially, like in a lot of ways, a lot of cases, he's like hyping people up to go hunt these people right, down. It's, it's like, like either uh, we make money or you die. <laughs> right. It's like anybody, you know, you go like buy a car from somebody or something like that. Yeah. And like, not that they're like being phony, but like they're no. not being the person that they are in their, in their house watching yeah. TV that True. night. It's just like True. they're putting on a show. Yeah. And, well, uh, then by the end of the season, like his character, like where, where he tells yeah, he baby, has a great arc as he well. d- tells baby Yoda, he's like, hey, do the magic hands. <laughs> and then baby Yoda just waves at him. You're just like, this is like, that's, that's his character. Like that's the person that he actually is. He's like, he gets like overjoyed at like the stupidest, simplest things. Well, you and know? even just a subtle line of dialogue uh, from Moff Gideon saying that he was a, a disgraced uh, dignitary. That's right. Or something like that, you know, and that instantly plays into his character. Yeah. And like, okay, so this dude also kind of feels like a phony. Like yeah. he also kind of feels like, everybody thinks that he's kind of full of crap yeah and they know it but he's like but well, we're just gonna smile about it anyway like <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense everything's yeah. fine like <laughs> well that's the thing also like whenever we first like encountered Kara Dune's character like I was like what is this like what like it's totally she like because again this is the part of it where like they're playing opposite of of the Mandalorian who is like super subdued and very like quiet and very like you know just like I am you know just this is what I am. I'm a very yeah. stone faced kind of a thing. Cause he's wearing a mask, but you know, whatever. But like, like where initially I was like, Oh, it feels a little off. But then like, as you like find out more about her character, it's like, you know, it, it felt more and more natural throughout that episode. And then whenever she shows back up, you're like, it feels even more natural for her to like, for her to be this character. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I mean, it's just like those types of, of things I like about the show where it's like they get more and more believable throughout the ones that are kind of like one-offs, whether it's, uh, 
you know, whether it's the lady on, on Tatooine, like she was a little over the top, yeah, a the, little bit for the, me. In the docking bay. Yeah, the mechanic. But right. then, you know, it's like, I appreciate, I love that they had pit droids. Dude, the pit droids. Like I was about to say, like the pit droids being there. And then like the fact that like she was kind of the human uh, equivalent of a pit droid. You know, yeah. it's like, that, that feels, that feels okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's not maybe, it's a little overacted or felt like uh, just the fact that I'm comparing her performance to Pedro Pascal as like, or uh, Brendan Wayne uh, as right. the Mandalorian. It's like, ah, it's or to just, me, a lot of those situations, I would have just rub. been like, man, I would have rather this been like an alien speaking of speaking in a Hatties, you know? Sure, yeah, like sure. that it would have just played a little bit better than me if it was just like a yeah. thing that I didn't recognize and speaking some subtitled foreign language, yeah. you know, it just kind of uh, it instantly kind of grounds it a little bit more, yeah, to me to Star Wars, to, like, to, like to, okay, to, yeah, to this Star is, Wars this is for, a, for sure, a fantasy. Thing. The other one was the uh, the other the dude um, that he runs into on Episode Six, where like he's the the his old partner or whatever, the guy with all the hair and the beard, yeah. like he he felt I wrong to me a little him, bit. Huh? It felt it just that's, felt that's, a little that's, off. That's, that's one that was uh, that was uh, that was okay to me. All the other characters um, that were there, like whenever they actually went on the mission i was like okay this feels believable because like these are all like you know they're 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 terrible people and they're like you know alien species of terrible people you know it's just like which which one are you you know and then uh and so that turning into a horror where like he's taking each of them out and you know whatever was super super interesting too but specifically that dude i was just like this feels off you know because he has like a southern accent as well Mm -hmm. and you're like wait you know i mean i realize like in some episodes of like clone wars or whatever like there'll be like somebody with a so slight southern accent but you're like man there's a there's a south in 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 star wars well people said that about bill burr too they were they were like what's this what's this boston accent Accent, and like, where, where do you get this Boston accent from? And like, I don't personally no, have a I was problem fine with, with that it, stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe there's a Boston planet. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my goodness, this planet, planet of uh, of Red Sox fans. You know, just <laughs> yelling at each other <laughs> all the time. It's this gridlock traffic all day long. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like okay. the- back, back back on course. Uh, um, so yeah, the the pilot definitely really really liked. Um, Love it. Uh, other than that, I would be with you that as far as like a, a, a complete start to finish episode that I probably like had the least problems with and just like really enjoyed and thought was awesome would be episode three. Dude, so uh, fantastic. I, I really felt like episode three was really good, even though, and uh, and and this is goes for anything. Like it's it's very hard to do gunfire combat and make it interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, lightsabers, it's instantly awesome because you have this kind of like tangibleness of the blades clashing, hmm. you know, or, or a fist fight, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, you're blocking yeah. punches and then like kicking people and knocking him over here. Yeah. But with gunfire fights. A, a trigger pull is not very dynamic. Is that what you're well, saying? It's like, <laughs> you miss like, or you hit. Well, you're not like move. Yeah, you're right. It's a bunch of people firing and not hitting. Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, great, you missed. Yeah. Uh, or, or you fire and you hit, and the fight is over. Yeah. Um, so, so it's very hard to make it interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like I said, that goes for Old West movies or, or even yeah. just any Star Wars movie that's ever been made uh, in general when it comes down to just people with blasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's great job. And I would still even be Dude. like, ah, eh, it was still kind of like. Yeah. Like they, they I, I don't know. I can't quite put a, a good word or good word on it, but it was done about as well as like it could be in in that context. And I guess like that's the part, like the, the part of it that I loved was that it felt like even though like you look at like the action, like if you were just to look at a static shot like from above of like what's happening, 
it would be pretty boring. Like it would be like, oh, it's just like this person's just behind some crates, like taking taking shots. Right. But like the way that it was it was shot and the way that it was cut together, where it's like, okay, well maybe here and then like you know. You, cut away to like that person getting disintegrated and then he's like swings his, you know, swings it around over here. And like, you get the dynamic motion right. of him doing that, like with his big rifle and like he wipes out that person and then he's like, okay, well let's like start moving. And then you, I don't know, right. like the and way that it was shot was just so dynamic and so well done that you're right. Like in, in a scene that like, again, if you were just to look at an above shot of it, kind of like, stale and you know whatever that was about as dynamic as you could possibly make and i, I was so pumped up during that mm-hmm. that scene yeah. and, that, and that's like, specifically the ending scene you know the scene where he's like sneaking around you know the thing is like totally awesome dude awesome just because it's awesome yeah. and then also it's one of those things that it's like we've never had any kind of battle like that in star wars no. ever Ever. Nothing even remotely close. Like, what's the closest thing to like sneak attack battles that we've ever had? I mean, you know, probably something in the Clone Wars or something like that. But even that is not quite as like lean into the the uh, the covert kind of like assassin nature of it. Right. I mean, him just like taking people down using the lights. It felt very kind of Batman Begins. You well, know, it entirely like, in like some ways. it entirely recontextualizes the the area of the building in which you like meet Werner Herzog for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the goes uses the whistling whatever they are those darts yeah and in that sequence like it's that's the same room that you met uh where herzog yeah. and you just had a conversation and it's like totally there's like the lighting is different because like nobody's there and like they've turned off the lights and it feels completely different because of the shot like the way that the, the the location in which like the camera sits versus like where the room is we're like this is the same room but it is horrifying now mm-hmm. like this is like straight up just like action movie kind of kind of yeah. stuff and and it really brings into the fold of uh, uh and this is the whole show as well of something that I've really enjoyed is is kind of and not just the small nature of the show but making the small aspects of the show and of Star Wars in general seem really intimidating. Mm. You know, I feel like we we get desensitized as Star Wars fans, especially if you like came out of a movie like Rise of Skywalker, where it's just like so many lasers, so many ships, so many. It's just like all of everything. Like Return you, of the Jedi, you're, like, you're the, like the the Ewoks took down an ATST. Like, How does anybody survive? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, like they all should have died. I mean, yeah. like they, every planet should have been blown up, or, or, or whatever. But you know, we've uh, we, we've made something like a single Tie Fighter flying through the air and landing. Yeah, this like oh. Yeah, man. Yeah, whenever the ATST what? wakes up, is, you yeah. completely forget right, that the single, Ewoks Ewoks were able to take these things down yeah, in uh, like droves or whatever because yeah, it's a, terrifying. A, a single ATST, a couple of stormtroopers. Yeah, you know, like in in the right context, you know, this stuff is you know would it. When it comes to life and death, like everything is intimidating. If you're yeah. put in a situation where you feel like you are about to exit this world, it's intimidating. Yeah. And so it's like, even though, sure, this is a galaxy where there's things like planet-killing weapons, when you're in a trapped room and someone lays a turret like on an open window right in front of you, yep. you're like, this is the end. Yep. Like, this is over. Yeah, like, we're, we're done for here. So and, Yeah, and that, that's super cool because it takes it takes this like large, what we're used to seeing, like massive scale, like planet-killing scale, and whittles it down to like, what is this at like... 15 people, mm-hmm. 20 people, you know? And then, uh, and I appreciated that like aspect of even that last episode, like where it's like, well, they, they, because the empire is not the empire, you know, because they're not like an empire. This is just a, a platoon of, of troopers. They could take them all out. 
Yeah. Like it was, it's just like just whittle them away until like you finally just eliminate them all. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I appreciated that aspect of it too, where it's just like, Oh, well that like makes it feel like this can be over. You know, whereas right. like at the end of Return of the Jedi, you're like, yeah, sure that like this battle is over, but there's a lot of battle that probably has to take place across the galaxy before we like kick out the Empire. And, you know, that also gives in this context, like a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of, of longevity to it because you say, well, you've killed those stormtroopers, like, but there's others that are hiding around the galaxy. Right. There's, uh, there's lots of evil out there. You know, even the, uh, the, the episode with, uh, where you're on the planet and you're training the people with the ATST, like, uh, mm-hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard directed that episode or whatever. And it was a really cool, like, look at like, this is star Wars boiled down because like, these are just common everyday people mm-hmm. rising up and rebelling against their oppressors and who have stronger technology and better weapons and better skills and they succeed. So, I mean, it's, it's a, those types of stories like across the galaxy or whatever are, are compelling. And I I appreciate that this, this is telling them. Mm -hmm. Um, so in, uh, so now we have, now that we know all of the, of, of the first season, uh, you know, just a few uh, months ago, we knew none of yeah. what the first season was to behold. What did you think of the overall story of the mm-hmm. Mandalorian? Uh, like where, you know, what like I said, we knew nothing going in. Other no, than, like, there's a all. character, he's going to be the Mandalorian yeah. and he's a bounty hunter. Yeah. And to me going in like, and I kind of knew about this like surprise type element and, and I'd seen the, the, the clip from uh, Comic-Con or whatever mm-hmm. where he's talking to Werner Herzog. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, so he's going to get this bounty. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big deal bounty, biggest mm-hmm. bounty he's ever got. And I thought that we would spend the entire first season mm-hmm. with him trying to hunt down that specific okay. bounty. okay. And then the end of the first season would be him finding that bounty. And I did think that it was going to be a reveal. And a thousand guesses wouldn't have said <laughs> a, a, a Yoda creature. Yeah, right. Um, I was thinking, like, it's going to be Chewbacca. It's yeah. going to be, you know, in a big case scenario, it's going to be Luke Skywalker. It's, it's going to be so- Ahsoka. It's going to be some yeah, something yeah. that we know in the Star Wars universe. Sure. Um, and so I was flipped entirely on my head just yeah. by watching the pilot. The I was first like, episode. Well, what are we doing now? <laughs> yeah, what, what happens next? You know. Um, so, so, so what? What did you think of, of? You know, they've now kind of laid the groundwork of, of this show and kind of what it's a, a little bit about what it's about, and, and yeah. we know at least a little bit about where it's going. And what, what, what do you, uh, what do you think about all that? I think I like, I like where it's going because I think it's, it's, it started very small, and mm-hmm. and now it's, it's about to like kind of branch off and be a little bit bigger because what we've introduced, um, the dark saber. At the right. end, like the very end. And then we've also like basically got our quest for season two of like, hey, figure out where baby Yoda belongs and uh, and return him to his people. Or the other option is raise him for life, raise him as your son. Like you are now a clan of two, you know, which and having watched like now since that is over, like having watched a lot of the episodes about um, of Clone Wars and and uh, and Rebels about Mandalorian, like that's a big deal. Yeah. Like becoming your own clan, like is a big deal. And, uh, and, and so for him to get, you know, here a clan of two now, 
like who knows how many Mandalorians there are just in existence like out there now, like at this point, but it's like, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big thing. And it's honestly like it sets it up that way. And in, in episode one where she's like, okay, you know, you're, you know, you've earned your clan signal. He's like, no, no, I have not. Oh, which is great. It's so great. And then like he finally, she's like, okay, no, now was, that you guys are both in the clan, you both have earned this. I was like, helped by thing. an enemy, but the enemy did not know oh, that dude. I was his enemy. I mean, it's it's, so it, that, man, it was so good. Dude, in episode three, like that, that, that moment in episode three, like where there's nothing being said and quite literally like you see in his head, like just with tiny little pieces of dialogue like that, where it, 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 you see the emotion change where you're like, okay, well he's like, he's like wrecked about this. Yeah. And, uh, and now he's going to like, go, it, it, it makes it perfect. Um, but like, I don't know, man, like moving into like where, like he's going to be going off on this quest. He doesn't even know the dark saber exists. Um, doesn't even know that that's a thing. I feel like that though, that we will probably deal with that pretty early in the season is what I would, I would anticipate. Um, but that has major ties to the rest of Mandalore. Like that's the sword that like people use to rally all of the clans together of Mandalore to unite against a single foe. Like, it's right. like the only times that Mandalore uh, Mandalorians as a people were ever united. It was under that sword. Right. And so, like, I that's got to play into like him, you know, whatever happens with Baby Yoda, he's got to unite some clans. I bet, like, that's that's there's got to be some some element Maybe. of other well, clans coming in. I, th- I think there's a lot of. I think they could. I don't think they necessarily have to. I, true. I, I think that just because it's been that way in the past, true. doesn't mean that uh, suddenly Mandalorians are going to fo- start following. Moff Gideon, you know, it, yeah, it may yeah, just yeah. be a thing of them just being like, well, he clearly doesn't deserve that. I yeah, don't well, want to get it from him. We're going to go get him. Or, well, I mean, or just slash, this, this is a powerful weapon in, right, in the universe, right. you know, and it can be used to do powerful weapon it's things true. like cut out of a TIE fighter. I, uh, I heard earlier that uh, overall, just like the reason that the Darksaber even uh, exists is because they were like, well, Obi-Wan's here fighting these people and like, we don't want him to just like go up against a vibroblade. Like it'll just be like too easy for him to win. Mm-hmm. So like they created the dark saber for there to be like a formidable weapon to go up against a lightsaber. Yeah. That wasn't necessarily just a, a, a lightsaber. And obviously all kinds yeah. of lore has been created around, around that. And, af- and after over the that course fact. of like, cause like in, in rebels is the, whenever you like find out for the first time, like that it was a uh, Mandalorian Jedi. Right. It was like, okay, that's whenever they decided that that was the thing, sure. you know, that's the origin of it. It was like, Oh, well, there's a, this right. But, Mandalorian but as it stands, you know, that, that, that is the, the story, yeah. the story that they're, that they're telling. Um, and, and just aside, there's just a the cool factor. Yeah, there's just the cool, cool that it's there in any context. Yeah. Uh, I did think that like, it was one of the elements that I was like, CGI a little wonky on that. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I know like it's supposed maybe, to, like, I mean, they, maybe that's just exactly kind of what they were going for. Yeah. Where it's um, like, Oh, it's supposed to like, not look real, you know, yeah, where you're really like, kind of looked out of place. Like it just really, hmm. you know, and I've seen like a lot of like lightsabers, you know, and yeah. it's just like, huh, that just... It could also very easily have been like added later, you know, where you're like, like later in the process right. of that episode, where like, okay, this is just the stinger at the end. As far as like the CG in this episode goes, we need other things to look way better than this, you know. This is just like the stinger. Um, but yeah, with it being there, like with it being in the world, like I, we got to deal with it. Is the thing like, like we've got to deal with specifically Moff Gideon and him chasing down baby Yoda. Like there's, you, oh, that's yeah. got to like that face off has to like happen again. Oh, for sure. So it's a, and, and I love that. That was it, some of my, 
you know, complaints, quote unquote, of, of the of the series is I was like, I was just so intrigued by the big plot. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as Baby Yoda was found, <sighs> it just it just opened up this world of like, oh, okay, that's what it's about. Well, like, is he going to use the Force, which he obviously did, and then like, what? Where is that going to go? Is he just going to like keep? Just randomly using the force? Are they gonna like literally try to give him to Luke at some point? Are they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like it could go so many different directions on that alone. It's possible. And then there's just the wh- wh- why is he there? What does the Emperor want with him? Why yeah. is the guy that mainly wanted him wearing a Camino patch, which is known for cloning? Is he a clone or did he want to try and clone him? Like, yeah. I mean, there's just yeah. like so many cool roads that they could just instantly go down. Yeah. And so, like, once those questions had been asked. As soon as we're just like drinking beer on a on a on a forest planet, I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, like we got some questions. What are you gonna, you gotta figure out what you're gonna do with that kid, man. Like, <laughs> hit the road, do the you know, they're, do they're the coming thing. after him still. Like you've got to go talk to somebody, man. Like you can't just oh go to Tatooine now. All right, like we'll just, which I love. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but but like that's what I, the whole time I was just like, well, oh, what are we man. doing the big thing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited, uh, and I think that. And they'll keep holding back, yeah. um, but I think that we will see a little bit more grand in season two. Maybe a little bit yeah. more uh, uh, of continual storytelling, and 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 not just kind of a, a, as much like little one-off. Agreed. Things. The biggest thing for me, like that, I I trust this series is that like Dave Franloni being involved in this series like makes me trust it more than uh, yeah. than any other other ways because generally aside from whenever Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm and they canceled Clone Wars like which was on Cartoon Network like that was the the conflict was like they wanted to develop their own um, Star Wars animated series for Disney Channel yep Aside from that and leaving off like, you know, some pieces of the story, Filoni generally like picks things up like and, and like has, has given satisfying endings and satisfying like story arcs yep. to things. And there are a few lingering questions here and there between both of those series, but it's usually like at the end of the series. Well, where it's and you're like, also getting the next season of Clone right. Wars. I mean, I mean, that wasn't his call to, to no. end it, obviously. No. And, and it's... <laughs> In fact, um, like uh, the, him and you know the uh, a lot of the the people who were involved in Clone Wars, uh, Ashley Eckstein and like a lot of the other other actors and people at, at Lucasfilm, hashtag Save Clone Wars or whatever yeah. like was a thing yeah. whenever uh, whenever they canceled it. And so the fact that that's going to happen in February, it's like we're going to be dealing with the dark saber in February. A hundred percent because like, but that's not where it ended up. Like we already know where it ended up before this, right at the end of rebels. It was in a different, different person's hands, but we will see Maul wields the, the dark saber in, uh, in clone wars. Um, but like the fact that like Dave Filoni doesn't, doesn't drop the ball on things like the things that he leaves hanging. He was like, okay, well we don't know what happened to this character after the series ended. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, and it's like, okay, well that seems like that's like something you could still pick up in another thing. Mm -hmm. So it both expands, but also answers a, like it's a satisfying ending mm-hmm. if it had to be the end. Or well, whatever. like you're saying, there, there's that trust element too, and like, yeah. like I would, I would definitely say that this show has kind of earned my trust. You know, sure. there's there's plenty of movies and shows that like don't have my trust. Yeah, you know, and and, and we're you're like lost. J.J. Abrams, you're just asking questions well, now. It, exactly that. <laughs> like you know, they they asked a lot of questions in this season, and then they answered one a lot of those questions yeah. in this season, and then even the ones they didn't. There's this trust element of like, yeah. I believe that that wasn't just thrown out there to get me to like that specific episode. For sure. That that was thrown out there because they wanted it to be thrown out there. So that way season two, episode five is amazing. Yeah. You know, and, and even from yeah. the one off, 
spinoff episodes, you know, uh, of like uh, episode six where they go to the prison thing. Yeah. Those characters are out there now. And, yeah. that, and, and that deepens that world. And then that's things that they can pull from if they want to sure. in further seasons. Or yeah, even, a reason e- to e- hate Or even just that, just knowing that there are separate bounty hunter guilds out there, that there are other people hiring people to do bounty hunters. There's just like those little things all kind of tie into mm-hmm. this building of this world for this show. Yeah. Uh, that I think that will only make it better right. going forward. And I've said before, like, I, I really hope that this isn't just like a two and done. You know, I hope that this is at least like a five five season yeah. uh, arc, you know, four, four or five. Mm-hmm. I, I would say 10, 15. Of like, course. you know, it's, it's instantly one for me. Uh, always Sunny in Philadelphia is always a show that I just say, the quality could kind of even keep dropping on it. And I would just be like, well, let's just still do 30 seasons. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I just like those characters enough to where it's just like, I'll watch 20 minutes of it. Like, I, yeah. I, I enjoy it enough to where I just want to keep seeing it. And they've already kind of built this world yeah. uh, in The Mandalorian that I'm just like, I just want to keep seeing it. I just want to keep spending time there. Yeah. So it's like, just just keep keep it coming. I'm very, very excited Agreed, for man. the future of Mandalorian. Dude, I, I, I'm super into it. There's a also, lot of questions dude, about like the lore of Mandalorians. Like, where it's like, well, the last time we left off in Mandalorians and Rebels, they could take their helmets off all day long, you know? Right. And sure, they could, they, they you know, the uh, that wasn't necessarily this specific clan, like who knows where this specific clan of Mandalorians were right. in that. I think whole the process, helmet's but... definitely coming off more in season two. Yeah. And, uh, and do we, do we keep going by Mando or are we going to start calling him Din now? That I feel like they called revealed... him Din Djarin at the end of, uh, at, like, you know, uh, the, especially like the, the armor called yeah. him Din, you know, Din Djarin or whatever mm-hmm. uh, there at the end. So I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. I feel like, feel like maybe one of each, like, cause the people who are like, that wouldn't know his name, We'll call him Mando. So like the right. the, uh, the people like the oh you know the 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 prison folks, that whole group of of bounty hunters they only know him as Mando, right. and then you know which was the, my justification for it. Like yeah. so, some of my brothers were like too much Mando man. Like everybody's just saying Mando all the time, and I'm like I don't disagree. No, but also like what else are they gonna and say? What else are they gonna call him? Like he's just this mysterious dude that walks into town. It's, it's like Strider sitting in the corner. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, it's call up Strider. Like well, I, I, I guess, don't know. guess like, we just call him this. You, you know? know, it's like. We don't know Mando. He's a Mandalorian, and yeah. they're rare. You know, yeah. Man Mando. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> people the, get it, nicknames. Yeah, it's, it, I feel like that's the only way, like thing you would you would think to be like yeah. because it's like, well, what what other identifying a, factor does he have? Armor guy. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Shiny armor guy. <laughs> Dude with a vaporizing weapon. <laughs> like I don't know what do you, what else do you call him? Because uh, he can't call him bounty hunter. Because like that's yeah. all of us here. Yeah. You know, it's right. just. Um, well, I think that's basically everything I have to say. I'm very excited moving yeah, forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could say more, you Do know, me but too. Uh, I could talk that, about that, it all that's night a, long. That, that's a, that's a part two and three. You know, you gotta oh, man, you gotta I'm call so it at some point. I, I am very happy that this show exists. Yeah, I feel like it's a it, like in in so many ways, it feels like a miracle that it exists. It feels like it's a miracle that it's as good as it is, and it's a, and it's as well received as it is. Like because uh, I, I, I agree. It, uh, I'm a I'm a person that has been highly critical of a lot of the Disney uh, Star Wars content that is that has come out. Yeah, and. And this is by, I would say, by far yeah. my favorite piece of content that they have come up with. And I think that that is largely due to Dave Filoni and John Favreau Agreed. being in charge of it. And the fact that it would seem that, I, I, again, it feels like a loophole in the Matrix. You know, it yeah. fe- because like 
it's kind of very well documented that like Lucasfilm is very involved in the making of their movies, you know, that they're very, have a lot of say so and are like, no, we're, we're doing this, this way, or we, we want you to have this in there Mm -hmm. or we want you to do this. And honestly, I think it kills movies to have that kind of input too many, too many cooks in the kitchen type thing. And so for whatever reason, maybe that they just decided to kind of take a backseat and say, man, you, you seem like you got a good handle on this. We've worked with Dave for a while. We kind of trust him. So it's like, you guys just go do your thing. And it's just fascinating. Like I would love to like have somebody write up or like do a documentary on like, like what, mm-hmm. what was the process of this? Like, cause I know like, uh, Favreau right. had like, had written like five episodes. Like he had the idea for in the story for five episodes and he, uh, like whenever like he approached, uh, Disney mm-hmm. or whatever. And then Kathleen Kennedy was like, okay, well Dave Filoni over here, he's done a lot of things with like a, a camera and like 3d thing, like in 3d spaces before. And cause John Favreau was going to use like this, you know, he's like, Oh, I want to use a lot of this, uh, shoot with CG or like whatever, like a, the 3d camera kind of an aspect of it. And, and Kathleen Kennedy put Dave Filoni Yep. you know, with, with Favreau or whatever. And then like both of them like had worked together on clone wars. Cause John Favreau was the voice of, uh, of a Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, uh, pre Vizsla. And so like they knew each other from the past too. So it's like, how did all of this like coalesce into what it is, you know? And, and it's like, obviously, uh, Dave Filoni is, is on the story group at Lucasfilm. Like he's in that group of people where it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. these are the lore masters. Sure. And, and, uh, which whatever that means, but, uh, but then, you know, you have people even, um, like, uh, Bryce Al Howard saying like, Oh, you know, Dave Filoni over there is as close to a, uh, a son as, as George Lucas ever. He's like, he treats him like a son or like whatever. Right. And like the, this seems like just such a, 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 a strange and unique thing that I would love to know. How did it happen? How did all of this work out? Like who, who started this thing? Who talked to who? And like, how did, how did this happen? Uh, I, I would too. I, I always harken back to uh, Irving Kirshner in a documentary about Empire. Talks about you know films kind of being luck yeah. uh, in some ways that that it, it genuinely is that a lot of times. He's like man, you know, because it's so large. There's so many people contributing to this. Everybody wants everything to be good, and, yeah. and it's like you know, he's like. I'm a director, I'm doing my job, but it's just like, you know, you, you, you just hope, you know, you hope that the casting director was good and that they, yeah. you know, gave you some actors that were, you know, or, or brought you the right <laughs> actors for the roles. You know, you, you hope that the special effects team is really doing their job and yeah. they're really making this thing look believable. You know, you hope that John Williams is, you know, going <laughs> to outdo himself on the first Star Wars. You know, it's just, it's yeah. all just kind of just hoping that it all comes together and like yeah. obviously you're doing things to try to make that happen yeah and you're checking in but along the, the way but it like does or doesn't like i honestly believe it's just an x factor sometimes yeah. and sometimes you just hit it and uh I, I really think we're getting about as close as you can to like they they've hit it yeah you know with this with this season and uh, yeah i think you're pretty dead on as far as like the, the the general story of about how it came about i think it's kind of stemmed from uh, that supposed planned Boba Fett movie that they were mm. planning on doing with Josh Thrink. That's right. Uh, John Favreau was a massive, 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 massive Boba Fett fan. Yeah. Really, really loves Boba Fett. And yeah. I believe his original pitch was to do Boba Fett. That this was Boba Fett. That this was that fascinating. That, that he, that, that was literally just that, that it was just that John Favreau wanted to do this. Mm hmm. 
with no like talking to anybody, just yeah. sat in his bedroom and said, I'm going to write something that I love. Yeah. And wrote a couple episodes <laughs> of a, a TV show, or maybe it was a movie or, or yeah. something. And then he has obviously a very good relationship with Disney. He's made yeah. multiple Marvel movies in the Lion For King. Sure. And, and, uh, you can get a meeting if you would like a meeting. I'm sure. <laughs> he's like he's like I can I can I can shoot Boba text. So you know, gets, me... gets a meeting and literally just that like that he did yeah. come in and just like pitch this thing and said I want to do this. Like what do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you don't walk into Disney empty handed. So I mean yeah he had he had scripts he had yeah. kind of some storyboards and uh, and they were like we love it we want to pivot obviously just a little oh, yeah. bit you know like I was talking about I think they wanted to kind of get away from things that uh, people you know legacy characters and mm-hmm. things that people had more expectations and emotional attachments yeah. to. So that way you're still like, okay, cool. It's Boba Fett. I, I like it, but it's not Boba Fett. Yeah. So you could do whatever you want and I won't really care. You right. Know, you're not right, right. ruining that character. That's that what I love. Dave Filoni in like an interview with IGN, I believe he said that one time that he was like, he was like, I, he's like, I hold a lot of reverence for the like original star Wars stuff. He's like, yeah. sometimes almost too much. He's like, I'll say that. He's like, but I tend to go, you know, okay, well, IG-88, we all know him. He's such a cool character. He's like, but he has so many stories that have already been told in the, ex- like, the the expanded stuff, like the the the, yeah. the legacy stuff. He's like, the, I don't really want to touch, like, what people think of him. I, I want to, like, create something. Oh, well, what about IG-11? Like, this is a different one. Like, you already, like, know something about this character, but, like, right. it's a different character. It's yeah, not IG-88. I honestly think that it's a great way to do it. Agreed. And especially, the, you know, they're... they're uh, you know, I don't want to get into too much like no. con- controversy, but but they're doing it in, in the perfect way because yeah. it's still believable. Because yeah, it's it's a IG eleven's a, a droid. There's yeah. they manufacture a lot of droids. Yeah, uh, the Mandalorian is a Mandalorian. There's a lot yeah. of people that He's wear that armor. Hunter. You know, it's not like you know if we had lived in a world where we had only ever seen Boba Fett in that armor, and sure. then they did a show about another guy wearing that armor that sure. wasn't Boba Fett. That would be weird to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that would be like, oh, okay, well you're just ripping off Boba Fett, right? It's like it's it feels that way some way, but it's it's done right because it's believable that you're yeah. just like, well, you're just telling a story. Like clearly, there's other people that wear this armor, yeah, and you could tell a story about that guy. So I think For it's real. honestly the a great way to do it, and uh, what Disney should really be thinking about going forward because I think they should branch out and just tell brand new stories with the yeah. movies that they decide Agreed. to make. Like obviously, still kind of grounded in this kind of funky Star Wars. World, but yeah. you know, go 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 invent something. Go make yeah, something. Go, for, go do for, something go really something weird. For your, for you know, yourself, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's and that that's the uh, that's where I stand on this one too. Because I, I think of like, the perfect people who are who are involved in this, whether it's the casting or whatever. Like it's they're they're nailing it. So yeah. And you saw the uh, obviously the 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 tease that we are getting season two in the fall. Yep, with in the, the fall. picture of the Gamorrean guard. Yeah, which is like we're going back to Tatooine, man. We can't not. Maybe I mean, not. Well, maybe well, maybe, well, maybe there's well, Gamorrean guard, guard elsewhere. Like maybe. maybe. <laughs> but uh, but that's yeah. Uh, that would be that would be cool. I would love to see just as a story arc. Uh, what's become of the huts? You know, yeah. we kill we killed Jabba the Hut in Return yeah. of the Jedi. Who who, to my knowledge at least, was kind of the the top dog of the huts. I think he was almost the only at, one left at because that it, time because because uh, Maul kills a couple. <laughs> yeah, like so, so you know, it's just like. And I also thought that that made because uh, 
the bar on Tatooine, yeah, same bar, and there's droids there. Yeah. Not as popping. Not as popping. Not may, as happening. May, maybe the, the absence of the huts in the Tatooine area has yeah. not been as good for business. Well, and then the Imperial in the, in the occupying area. force is gone now, and you're like, okay, well, that's interesting, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's, a, you know, that's a development yeah. on so that planet. I, 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 I'm really, I think, it, again, I think that's cool stories that you could tell where it's just like, okay, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very familiar. Like, you're very yeah. familiar with Tatooine, but, like, it... Some people call it cheap fan service, but like to me, it enriches the world. Yeah, it makes it more believable because you're like, no, that's not just something that I saw yeah. back in 1977. It's just like, no, Tatooine's like a real place. Like, look, it's it's evolved, it's changed, it's still here. Yeah, check it out. Thirty years later, I've been back in the movies or something. I want to go to Coruscant. I really want to see me Coruscant. Too, uh, me too. Outside of the prequels, I think Coruscant was one of the coolest elements of the prequels to well, me. It was one of the coolest things in uh, in the Clone Wars too because yeah. like whenever like whenever you get into like oh Asajj Ventress is like uh, whenever she gets disowned by uh, by Count Dooku or whatever and she ends up as like a bounty hunter on Coruscant like down in the lower yeah. levels and stuff and then like Ahsoka runs into her and so, like it's it's such a cool location yeah what's, and, what's become of an entire planet that's a city 50 years you know after the last time we've seen it you know yeah and the Jedi Temple was there and it's like yeah. what's happened to the Jedi Temple like what, uh, whenever, I, I whenever Palpatine Palpa- like yeah Palpatine took it for took his it own, over like, like it's gotta throne. be like a Sith Temple now right I don't know I don't I, know I, I, I want to know yeah uh, again like give me 40 episodes of the Mandalorian yeah. and let's just keep you know exploring different things yeah um, the funny thing about about all of that is like every single time that we have gone back to Tatooine, w- whether it was uh, on Rebels because we did the we did the mall showdown or whatever mm-hmm. there, it's been it's different. Like you see a different lens. You see the Tatooine through like a slightly different twisted lens. And it's like you yeah. even went to like you said the same canteen. You see it through a slightly different lens mm-hmm. now. It's like time has passed. Things have happened. It's not the same place. So yeah. it's like going back to Tatooine. I'm like I'm down to see what happened at Putt's Palace. Like wh- who's in charge of that whole thing? Like Great. criminal enterprise don't just like disintegrate like someone steps up someone steps up you know yeah. so yeah. yeah bib fortuna man he's coming back you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh sharp teeth bib fortuna season two man make it happen <laughs> all right well uh i know you know it's hard to put like a number on a season but like what would you rate if you had to rate this season what would you rate it? Nine out of ten. I mean, if, we're, yeah. if we'll do, if we'll do, if we'll do a number, I'll you, bump you, it to a nine point five. That's for fine. Me. It was, it's, it's so good. Yeah, so good. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, we are yep. uh, like winding down. I think like next week, Chris is going to review the uh, the Modern Warfare, uh, the most recent mm. Call of Duty game with uh, right. with somebody. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in in Florida and uh, going to be running some races down there. It'll be a fun time. I'm running a half marathon. Nice. Catherine's running a full. So uh, and Dez is running his first hundred meter dash. Love it. It's going to be awesome. It's, I'm very excited awesome, to, to cheer him as he runs a hundred meters. That's going to be great. Are you uh, going for a P- PR on the, I mean, uh, on the half marathon? He's, I mean, not me for going for a PR? No, definitely not definitely this not. Just, time. Just um, putting in the miles. Just get, but getting in, getting in the, uh, the old miles. And then as far as like, you know, that goes like I, I, I run 10 miles fairly regularly and mm-hmm. it's like, but I'm not like running them fast at this point. Like I'm not like going for the speed. So yep. that's a, uh, that's a 2020 thing potentially. Like yep. that's uh, that's on the, on the, the docket as far as uh, get, get back to my old faster self, you know, that sort of thing so but yeah dude so it'll be a good time then uh, the week after that I believe uh, here on the podcast Chris and I are going to be doing our end of the decade type stuff like rundown um, and end of the year kind of things too so uh, but yeah it'll be it will look back at the last 10 years of entertainment which is wild looking forward 
Well, Jared, uh, uh, you can find us online at StayOnTargetPodcast.com and on uh, social at JohnWright777 and... Uh, whatever couldn't you know? even tell you you know i'm always I've, I've got thoughts you know there's always you know you never know i could come on here one time and be like you know what i am doing something you're like i have a new you website know, i have I've a new the, like social website, media platform you know, you know i've you know there's you know i've thought about doing this instagram thing that Ooh. i just do and don't tell anybody about you should you know, do that that i just start a separate thing and then whoever finds it finds it type type thing i like that idea like it's like oh you don't really publicize it but it's, it's happening like you're hashtagging yeah. you know that sort of thing it's just like maybe Maybe not. Maybe probably not. not even hashtags. It'll probably be pretty low key. If just, I, if I just do it literally first. not even like any text at all. You're just kind of like mm, you know, just a photo. No, it'd be text. You got text there'd, there'd too. Be some text. I dig it. I dig it. Um, I yeah. would follow. Yeah. I would. If I would have to it. find it. You know, yeah, who exactly. knows if I could find it. Yeah. But anyway. So, uh, so yeah, nothing for now. But you can find me on the next episode of Stay on Target. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and always online at Stay on Target Pod. So, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. On Stay Stay on on Target. Target.